Uh, what's going on, guys? It's Jordan here again from the Undergraduate Survivor Guide podcasts. Today we have a good friend of mine. This is someone who is, you're obviously closer to Brian than me, and I see you a lot through Brian. But it's nice to have you on, Addy. Ah, thank you, thank you. Uh, I heard uh, the podcast between you and Brian, and you know I really enjoyed it. So I just thought, you know, why not have a go? Because I have a few things I'd want to say as well. Um, just in terms of my experiences and what I've been through with uni, but I think what you're doing with the undergraduate podcast is really great and i think it's gonna help a lot of people to actually understand the truth behind uni yeah i appreciate yeah. that what was your favorite part of brian's one um with brian's one i loved how i loved how you guys just kind of talked about you know what uni really is and how he kind of had to really look at himself in the mirror and just realized that there were some things that he could do better. And with, uh, with last year in particular, with him having to reset and everything, I thought it was really good to hear that because a lot of people won't be that honest about it, but there's a lot of people in that situation as well. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Mm. How have you found your uni experience? I'm going to be honest. I think university for me has been so crazy, man. It's been, it's not been straightforward at all. It's not. <laughs> it's actually not been straightforward because I think there's so many aspects that go into it in terms of like, okay, uh, obviously the social side of it where you meet people and you go to as many parties like as you can maybe first year and then you have to try and really get to grips with your course as well. But I think there's also a financial side of it too that, you know, it doesn't really come into play when until like, you actually deep and actually sit down, look at your finances and be like, okay, wow, this is a, this is not only costing me a certain amount, um, you know, now, but in the future as well, like there's going to be costs and repercussions to pay. But it kind of just, it's felt like a bubble that I've just had to live in and just try to like surround myself around it. Really. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But I feel like the London, cause you always study in London. Mm. That is a big bubble to. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh yeah because um i think for most people it's the it's two things number one is just kind of being somewhere where it's always been your cities where you've grown up so it's not really that different um but also as well i think there's aspects of living at home so sometimes uni kind of feels like school rather than actual university mm. um mm. but i actually took it upon myself to um to move into accommodation this year, seeing as it's my final year, to try and get the taste of it. How come you didn't, you know, stay in Acom for the first two years? Just financial? Um, financial, and I'll be honest, my parents played a big part in that, so they didn't really want me to to kind of go out like that, go out there and just, um, just to spend like that. They were just saying, you know what, um. You go into your final year, have somewhere where you can be, um, because it's going to be more important for you to have your independence than in first year. Mm. Um, now that I look back on it, I don't know. Would I have done things a bit differently? Maybe, maybe, but I'm happiest to turn that house down anyway. That's good. Yeah. I was always reluctant to, to stay in London purely because I would, wouldn't be able to leave. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that's the thing but I, i've been lucky as well because my parents have been pretty chill about it so it's like there are times where obviously i'd come down to bristol to see you guys and brian 
maybe go down to go up to many um to see uh, my girlfriend a few other friends as well like i've been been all around the uk so i've been i've been quite lucky with that i think if my parents were weren't so chill then it would have been a lot harder because i because i mean i'd still feel like i can go anywhere mm. in a way. yeah but then you also you know what it is i can't really explain it there are times where you get in and it's calm and your parents are like it's chill but there are also times where you get in and it still kind of feels like hey you're supposed to be back by a certain time like what are you doing yeah yeah so it's kind of like they just switch they kind of just switch off when they want to have their curfew or not it's a bit mad but what can you do yeah i hear that yeah, to be yeah. fair like, that's an interesting point because all through school i was always lying to my parents even like subconsciously if i was i don't know after school i was doing homework i'll say oh i was at a friend's house just like because i don't want to tell the truth because <laughs> i'm just scared oh, yeah. of getting in trouble <laughs> i feel like you mature a lot quicker when you when you have to be a man at home yeah no definitely um i think you have to you learn more about how to manage your time because i think uni really taught me that your time is really what you make of it um and you can spend it doing whatever you want but you have to really manage that and rise above it i think only now i'm really truly seeing um how much of a challenge it was initially to kind of be independent um and uh like just take control of your own learning because teachers used to say that um to me like what 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 you do at home is really important um make sure you have enough time to to do other things as well um so that you have time to do your work but I've, i'm kind of seeing that now definitely mm, mm. before it was it was all bullshit to be honest but now it's not really that much <laughs> bullshit anymore, so it's nice yeah i get that. you're you're the oldest right no nah, i'm the middle child child okay. j Cole. mad older brother uh, two, two of Mad. them. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, it's different. It's different, isn't it? Um, but it is what it is. Mm. But then, I mean, I'm the oldest, so I can't really relate, but I've always felt like I had a lot of pressure, uh, family wise to, like, to help out at home. Cause the younger yeah. ones don't work yet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. I feel that exact same pressure, um, over here. I think that's kind of what ties, that's what makes uni a big part of that pressure as well. Cause when you put those two things in tandem, it's like, all right, you have an ultimate goal, right? To, to just do your thing, do your thing and help out at home, um, in the future as well. But then it's also like, okay, I've got to make sure I smash uni and do as well as I can to be able to have the means to do that or find something that would give me the means to do that. Yeah. 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 Um, and even just now, like, or throughout the years anyway, when I've had like my own and stuff, like I'm not afraid to say that, yeah, I've been able to help out at home and like just helping people, helping my mum and my dad obviously when they need it. So, mm. you know, it is what it is. Most people, when I, most of my friends, when I actually tell them, like, they're like, what? Like, you, like, what are you doing? Like, what, how, how are you um, sending so and so to your mum and dad? Like, it's your money, keep it, but it, it's different, you know. Yeah. Growing up in Africa, I've been household, it's just different. You know, some people just want to understand. Word. Yeah. I, I went through all of last year saying, oh, I'm broke, I'm broke, I can't afford anything. And then February time, I think, I dropped 6K to like fix my parents' bathroom. And friends were like, oh, where's this money come from? Like to me, it's, there's home money, then there's like going out money. There's two different bank yeah. accounts. <laughs> mm-hmm, definitely, definitely. They must have been grateful though. 
Uh, all right. Next question is. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> oh well, you, you know what it is. I think sometimes it's a surprise, but other times it's like, well, we expected it. We put all of this into you, so you should really be given back. Literally. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. But, uh, I do feel like. All sorts of parents have a different way of showing love and showing thanks. Like, my mum's not the type to buy me something because she's proud of me. She was just like, I don't know, cook extra nice one day and not say anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the words, I'm proud of you. The words, I love you. The words that I'm, I'm really happy for you. The words, you're a great example to your siblings. No, 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 no. It's just, well, it's well done. Well done is like the highest of the highest you can get. If you get a well done, you know you really did well. You know what I mean? Literally. And then that will probably come on, on the sides of, you know, obviously you get your meal, or you'd have to do chores or whatever. I just let you sleep <laughs> at one time. But it all, it all goes up to normal the week after. So it is what it is. Old. Old. Yeah. I think the first time I really knew my parents were proud was when, um, I think it was my little brother's communion or something. And obviously oh, really? my parents invited their friends. And they're like, oh, you're Jordan, right? You're the oldest one. And they started saying these great things I've done. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, put someone in the group chats, just not, not to me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Those ones. Those ones. Speaking of which, I'm sure it must have been, um, a lot. They must be really happy when, um, you actually got your place at, uh, University of Bristol, right? Considering how, like, great of a uni is, Russell Group, all of that stuff. Mm. Not really, actually. It's interesting because, mm. like, my parents didn't go to uni. They barely mm. even did um, A-levels. So it's like they don't really appreciate the full education system like that. I'm not sure if it's the same for you guys, but, mm. yeah. And, unless I'm bringing home the bread, like, they don't really get it. Oh, uh, I heard that. I think with my parents, I think they're the same. But I think they've also kind of realized, okay, your child needs to be going to uni to be able to bring home the bread. Not only do they need to be going to uni, it helps their employability prospects if they're going to a uni that is considered good in some sense. So then if they want um if you want them to if they want you to bring home the bread, they also want you to bring home the best type of bread. So the best bread will come if you go to the best type of unis, etc. etc. Then you have that whole okay, what are the best unis? Then you look into it and it's called the Rust Group and before you know it, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean if if you break it down like that, yeah, but some some parents have time. My parents had time, so <laughs> my mum knew what Russell Group really was before I did, so I was like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I hear that. My parents knew Oxford and Cambridge. And oh, yeah. Oh, everyone knows Oxford and Cambridge, come on. Literally. Definitely. That's about it. I think my parents still think I study physics instead of engineering, so... <laughs> 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 oh man <laughs> oh boy <laughs> you know what I, I don't think I can tell the difference as long as it's got numbers as long as it's, it's a stem as long as it says the words BSc it's all good <laughs> oh boy it's true it's true oh, I, I don't think they, they really know but it's just like okay if it's, if it's if it's got numbers in it, we're all good. It's going to make us. <laughs> as soon as I told them, yeah, I'm applying to banks, they're like, okay, yeah. That, yeah that's yeah, good enough for us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if you told them that you were, you were, you wanted to start a podcast or, or a media company now, or 
what to maybe record some music they'd be like mm, okay 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 i mean that's when they'd, they'd sit down and have a chat and they'd be like are you sure it's what you want to do really sure <laughs> them ones they, they mean well though our parents they mean very well yeah of course just want to see us um do well and they want to see us be an example to like our young siblings and stuff and also like have the things that they could never have Mm, that's true I was having a a chat the other day on the same subject and I think it's the thing where parents only really know what they know so when it comes to like starting a podcast they they didn't understand the financials of that so it's hard to to back it Mm. it's the thing where I got away three years till I get like two listeners and they'd be like oh mom look people care (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean they can see that if they see it's something that builds traction yeah but there will usually be one of the first people to kind of, you know, question you and maybe even doubt you because, like, not that they don't believe in you, but, you know, they kind of want to see results. So it's because results is what guarantees success in a way. So if they mm-hmm. don't really see it, it's going to be hard to justify it in their minds. But, you know, they have, you have their support in, in you know, in, in many ways. You just don't know it. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. To, to kind of build that that podcast or to also do it must have been something that's not exactly straightforward but yeah it's good that you're doing it man <laughs> i appreciate that man you're wait so you're you're graduating this year yes i am how yes, are you I- getting the bread um so i'm so hopefully I, I do well enough to um to to graduate with uh with a certain grade and then i would sign on to um, a grad scheme, a grad scheme with, um, Schroeder's, Schroeder's investment management, if you had them. Yum. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, I'd be watching. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we don't do that here. We don't do that. Here. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I'd be with Schroeder's, um, investment management, um, and I'd, I'd be signing on into their portfolio solutions department. Um, and yeah, be on a few years and then uh, hopefully get rotated into something um, more entry level, more full time. And then, yeah. That's cold, man. Early yeah. congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was Brian's idea. It was all him. <laughs> it was him. I don't know. That guy just has like a, that guy just has like a, 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 a crazy, crazy way, man. He, he literally has like a handful of career plans just hands out to his friends like yeah apply to this apply to that apply to that <laughs> yeah oh that's Brian for you that's Brian for you he's um he's very very in the know of things but also it's very inspiring because he's the type of person where if he sees something um he sees that it's good um and you know it's interesting for him he's the type of person to tell other people and he really shares that type of knowledge Mm, mm. It's, really, it's quite rare to have that yeah that's true Ryan's not one of those guys that will revise and tell you he didn't he's very like he'll give you his notes yeah no, he's, he's one of those guys you know those those people at uni that you that you see them um, they'll have their notes and whatever and you know they've been selected and you know you need help but they're just stingy for no reason it's like who asked you mm, mm. But, but Brian's not like that Brian's an, is a nice guy 
very, 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 very cool guy. And in, in just in terms of everything, you know, career advice, life advice, 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 like he's, he's a great man. Trust me, man. Shout out, Brian. Shout out, Brian. Shout out, B. Kwong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, underscore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of um, of thanks. What was your uh, what what were you applying to before um this whole um this whole pandemic? Uh, so I'm still a second year, four year course. Yeah, yeah. I'm only eligible for like the spring weeks for banks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I could apply to some internships in engineering, but my I guess my skill set, as far as recruiters are concerned, is a lot more finance focused. So, yeah, yeah, mostly banks at the moment. Hmm. Okay. That's all I actually good. just did a uh, virtual spring for Bank of America. Oh, amazing! Amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which department, man? Uh, tech. Tech, nice, nice, nice. So was was it um? So was it more so with uh, solutions or with change? Because I, I know a lot in banks, especially, um, they work a lot with change management. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for Bank of America, like, because obviously it was virtual, it wasn't too, it wasn't majorly comprehensive. So they just talked about the three different lines within tech. So for, for BAMA, it's like global banking and markets, uh, infrastructure and securities. Mm-hmm. And it was very much just talking us through, like, everything. So I'd <laughs> I'm not really pursuing a specific line at the moment. It's just, yeah, that's kind of all I can say, given the contract and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's all good. <laughs> that's all good. Yeah. Don't, don't tell, you know. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, how, how have you found the? If if you were like applying now, like how how do you think you would you kind of get? ahead or at least like try and find something because in this climate man i'm mm. telling you like it's very crazy it's very yeah, yeah. for me like i learned i guess last year that the hardest part well, outside of applications is just being confident in yourself mm-hmm. especially for me like because i don't do economics i know a lot of people obviously don't either but i was always going and oh, i don't know enough technicals i don't know what ibd means i'm going to fail and <laughs> when you come in with that mindset you kind of already flop yeah yeah so, you do yeah just just being more confident was probably my biggest help but other than that like being prepped for for applications so just having having generic answers prepared to just change a few things mm. it's important it's important um and i find that that's really helped me um because when you kind of prepare for these things you kind of almost sit yourself down in a situation and in your your mind is already there your mind is already in the interview in the um application process it's just physically you just need to get it physically when you're actually speaking um and it helps to um, be prepared for these things because you don't really know not necessarily that you don't really know what they could ask you but you don't really know how you're going to sound in that way um just um off the cuff or being spontaneous so it's always good to um, prepare your answers and to um, rehearse things beforehand as you go along and ov- obviously I, I think it just helps more with how you're feeling when you're doing it because I don't know about you but um, you know after having done even after having done so many um, interviews and whatnot I still find it quite uh, nerve-wracking sometimes when I'm doing maybe high view interviews or I'm doing like phone interviews or stuff yeah I know what you mean yeah. 
Yeah, so it's always good to rehearse for those things. Mm. I think video and telephone are the worst because like, oh, tell me about <laughs> you it. Never know what to do. Tell me about it. Oh my goodness me. The video, it, videos versus telephone. I think telephone ones are the ones that annoy me the most because you can't really tell what you, you can't see the person's facial expressions. You can't see what they're thinking, but also as well, like it just everything just sounds the same. Like, you know, in a, in how in a physical interview, you might be able to see what it's like. Maybe the interviewer is giving you cues um, by their facial expressions or with the hand gestures or, um, you know, the, your pres- the way you present yourself has a, fa- has a, an impact on the way they may see you. Like mm. over the phone, it's just completely like it's all gone that way. Yeah. No, it's crazy. I do think, I mean, the only advantage to on phone is obviously they can't see you. So you can, but other than that, it's just, it's a free for all, man. <laughs> I hate it so much. Yeah. No, I, I hate it as well. I, I hate it as well. I Video, like, it. at least you can, you know, because you're not talking to anyone, you can just, you just wing it. Like, you can't be scared of talking to yourself. And I mean, I guess it's different because I'm used to be on a camera, but you, you just prep three minutes, talk your, you know, say your piece and you go. But I, I just hate on the phone when they're silent. Like, you finish answering a question and then you just, you hold and they just don't say anything. <laughs> oh my God. I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. Oh my goodness. It's just like, why are you holding? Like, you're taking up all of my credit. <laughs> just for you to potentially even turn around and tell me thank you but no thanks no nah, man it's mad yeah it is mad but what can you do you have to i think these processes we have to kind of all go through um mm. i know that uh personally there's a lot of my friends um one in particular that you know go through the process and there's a lot of you get a lot of okay you know Everyone else is doing quite well um, with these interviews and I'm just still here just really trying and I'm not really getting anywhere and I'm starting to feel a little bit resentful towards some of my other friends that may have roles and offers. But really and truly, I think it's a, it's a law of, it's a numbers game and it's really the law of, law of averages. You know, the more you do, um, and the more experience you have, eventually like you create your own luck and you create your own breakthroughs and it, it happens when you least expect it. That's the biggest thing that I've realized with it. Yeah, that's very true. Mm. I literally like I applied to Bamble first for these springs and mm. they got back to me last. Oh wow. <laughs> like, I had like twenty rejections in the line. I'm like, you know what? It's too late. It was probably like late January as well, so I assumed it was over and then early Feb Bam will say, Yeah, you got it. Oh, it's out of nowhere. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. Wow. Yeah, it really is like Yeah. You never know when it's gonna come through, but it usually does. When you, when you just keep plugging away. I think, um, as well, like, you have to always, it's, it's taught me as well, you have to, you have to always be, um, be on the, on the go, always be on your toes and just be ready for whatever comes, cause you never know what's gonna come. Never know at all. Literally, man. Would you say you, like, you knew what you were doing when you started? Uh, when I start, nope, had no clue. <laughs> no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't. I I just kind of was just like, okay, this looks cool. Um, and then obviously, just as as everyone else would, um, when they first start, it's like I have no idea about this. You feel dumb for like for a very long time. Um, and then you actually 
after some experience and after maybe going through some interviews or reading up on some job roles that you actually know a little bit more about um about these things than you originally did and that's always good Mm. it shows that you've learned something shows you're getting somewhere um and it shows that you um you you can you can learn up about these things and you can test yourself as well um when it comes to these roles yeah 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 but um yeah and I guess people always talk about like showing your interest, you know, being passionate, all of these things. That that's what really gets you the role, as opposed to like just being super smart. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, I think more times than not, that is what makes the employer say, "Yeah, we'd like to have you. We'd really like to have you." Just showing that you're an interesting person and that you have your hobbies and you have your your quirks about you. Than rather than someone that who just seems like they were born for the role or they live, eat and breathe the role, like almost as if they were just born one day and then they just decided their destiny from then and there and they wanted to do it since they were kids. Like, nah, it doesn't work like that. Trust me. Yeah. Doesn't Would you happen. say like, because <clears throat> people always say, uh, you kind of know when you come out of the interview whether you have it or not. Would you say there was like a defining moment of shoulders where you're just like, yeah. You know, I've got it. Defining moment. Um, I don't really, I can't really say if it was a defining moment looking back at it because obviously I didn't know, but mm. I did feel like it tipped the iceberg a little bit. Um, I mean, this was during the assessment center. As you'll know, you usually have like an assessment center for most um, jobs and financials or um, most graduate schemes um, before you before they make offer you the role. Um this was right at the end where we'd just gone through everything. Um I'd just gone through the um case study, sorry. Um and I was speaking with one of the guys that was there. Um and we we had a we had a conversation, um a longer conversation than I would have liked, but <laughs> um I think I could just tell that he was interested in me and that he I guess he he liked me for me for who I was. Um, and that was different as opposed to maybe I said something that would have really blown him away or showed good technical knowledge. I think it was more so that, um, affinity that he had towards me. Um, but also that affinity I had towards him. I think we connected, um, just about a lot of things really. Um, and just kind of showing that it just kind of showed him that, you know, I was a person that I guess he could get along with more than anything. Mm. Um, and I wouldn't have known that um, beforehand because, you know, going into, into the assessment center, um, I was just looking to kind of do as well as I could, but also just keep it chill and keep it simple, not do anything too crazy that would um, make myself up to, to just seem like a, a no or show off. Um, but yeah, I think having that as well really helped me because my interview beforehand, I wasn't really too sure if it went that well. Um, and then, but then speaking to the guy, I think he just wanted to know as much about me as possible. Um, in a weirdest way, I think he, he said to me that he could see himself, um, in me because I was really, really lucky to have actually had him for the case study. Um, he knows what's like coming from the background I came from. 
um, you know, living, uh, living in certain conditions and, um, you know, not really having the same lifestyle that he would have had as some of his work colleagues. Um, so I, I think that he saw a lot of that in me and that's why he, um, put me forward for the role. Um, I don't know any other reason, but I think that affinity plays a really big part in it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that. Yeah. Because I've always been told, like, it's not necessarily how good you are overall, but if you can, like, sometimes it's that one person that puts a good word in, and that's like the difference between whether you get it or not. And that's oh, a crazy, yeah. that's a crazy story to back that up. Oh, that's the craziest, the, the craziest. Um, because you know, you never know. Opinions nowadays they mean nothing, but they mean everything at the same time. Mm. Because you know, someone can tell you, "Oh, you didn't do this right, and do that right," and it's like, "Okay, cool. I'm just gonna do me. Just unapologetically be yourself." But you also have to look out for when people take notice of you, and when they're really observing you, and they're they're really trying to see, "Okay, um, should we give this person a chance? Why should we give this person a chance?" Um, and I think, uh. I think assessment centers amongst other things as well really give people the chance to do that. Um, but I, I really, I was really lucky as well because beforehand, um, I don't know if Brian would have told you, but there was a, uh, I think there was a fast track event. Yeah. There was a fast track event that would have happened beforehand. Um, okay. that it, it happened beforehand. Sorry. Um, and I was quite lucky to have signed up and attended because, uh, straight away, I think I took a liking to some of these people that were there beforehand. Um, I knew who they were. I was really able to put faces to the names by the time I got into the assessment center because we'd spent so much time talking in the, in the, um, in the fast track event, um, that we just knew each other straight away. Um, and it seemed a lot more, uh, things seemed a lot more familiar. So I was quite lucky in that regard. Mm, that's good. I've got a, a lot of friends who say they went to like a, a fast track event or just, just even a regular networking event. And that was, you know, making that one connection there, just making it so much easier. Yeah, it, it does. It does. Because I think when you're really in it, um, there will be, there'll be a lot of people, um, that, you know, are cool that you can get on with that are in the candidate pool or, uh, as you are. Um, but there's also going to be, some people that you know they'll be very focused and i think the social aspect of things won't really click in their heads so you know they're not really the type of person to maybe ask you how you're doing or whatnot they'll just be very focused on trying to do as well as they can in their tasks and to try and essentially you know beat you out of the role and get the role themselves Mm. yeah so just and that could be very daunting at times because i think you can just watch by people's body languages maybe it's just the things they're doing uh you see this guy's probably on his phone or he might just be, you know, having certain type of conversation with somebody, um, might come from a very, uh, very finance heavy background, very technical background where, um, you know, they're not really looking to have a, a, a sing and dance without you, a, a sing and dance with you or chat. Like, you know, they're looking to get the role. They're, they're hungry for it. They're ready for it. But, mm-hmm. um, it's nice to have that connection outside of the candidate pool that you can talk to that you can talk to um because it kind of you know calms you and reassures you that you know you're meant to be there um and also as well that you can have normal conversations with people because there are a lot of people when you get to the assessment center that you cannot have normal conversations with yeah 
Yeah. That's true. I, yeah. Like, my feedback one of my ACs was that, like, the only, uh, the only reason why it didn't take me is because my technicals were a bit not as good as everyone else's, but I got crazy good feedback for, like, talking to people, uh, just smiling. They were saying that some candidates were just sitting there looking stressed, like... <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> never me. Bad, it's, it's a hard situation to be in. <laughs> oh, never me, man. Never me. <laughs> never me. And it's... It's crazy because, you know, you, I'll be honest, I I did used to be that person. I did used to be that person where it's just like, I want the raw, I want to do this, I want to do that, this is what I want, this is what I want to do. Um, and obviously I made sure that I had crazy, I'd try and make sure that I had good technicals. Not crazy good, but at least good technical knowledge. So that if they were going to ask me maybe about the share prices or ask me about um, maybe certain assets and uh, what I would do, um, yeah, in certain situations, I would be ready for it. But I think sometimes as well, um, it depends what type of person you are. But for me anyway, I didn't really respond too well to that. Um, cause I would feel sometimes maybe I'm overloading myself a little bit and I'm not really being who I am. Mm. And I, I find that I'm not like extra talkative, but I would say that I'm quite a sociable person. So it really helps me when I speak to people and get to know people. Um, I think that really helps more than anything. Um, rather than just being some loner or, or someone that's just going to sit in the corner by himself, just preparing <laughs> his next answers. I feel sorry for people like that though. I really do. Trust me. Yeah. Just be, just be, be, um, just be honest. Cause I, I remember the guy vividly that they were referring to, what I, I assumed they were referring to. And it was a guy where I went to him at, during the break. I'm like, how do you find the first session? He's like, oh, I'm just preparing my notes for the next one. I'll talk to you afterwards. And I'm like, oh, mate. Wow. <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you know those people. And it's just like, why so serious? <laughs> oh, man. You know what it is? If it's for an entry-level job, right? I'm sure this is not even the case for an entry-level job. I understand. But like, yo, bro, it's an internship. This Ooh, is an internship. Like, spring. <laughs> like, th- this is the thing that people don't get. These are not, obviously, these could, if you do well enough, these could potentially be the start of your career and this, it could propel you into something full time or something close to full time, like a grad. But this is not, a, this is not a, a job job. Like, yes, they're going to pay you enough money in one go, but you're, you're only going to be there for a certain period of time. Mm. You can't be thinking, okay, this is, this is absolutely everything. Like, I'm just gonna obviously put your all into it, but some people really take it seriously, more serious than they really should. And I think it, it shows in the way they are with people and, um, the things that they'll say in the interviews and whatnot. It will really will show. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I can't really speak for employees because, you know, employees, those type of people as well. Employers, some employers hire them, some employers don't. Um, but you find as well, like just that inability to actually have conversation and to um, interact with people, it does hold them back. It holds them back quite a bit. Mm. So, you know, you, you is as much as important to have that knowledge and to have that um, have that drive and be very focused. You have to also remember, like you're human. Allow yourself to be human. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And plus, like, the network you make, even at, if, even at just the AC level, like, the people you meet there are going to go on to do crazy things. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
Definitely. That's that's the beautiful thing. Um I actually did an assessment center for a role at Apple. And this is a retail role by the way. This is it's not nice. even it's not even like um not even financial or anything like that. But you meet people from all all different backgrounds and like I know one person that one person that was applying for the same role as me, he's a dancer for um he he was part of a dance troupe that used to dance with um big dance groups um such as the Jabberwockies um and you know, one other person that they did the podcast and they ended up getting featured on um uh on a on a big um YouTuber's channel or big social media personality. I know someone that is that applied for a role that they're literally Instagram famous. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. So all of these people in, in the same sense, it's like it's crazy. Um but you know that everyone there has a the potential to do something great. That's mm. doesn't have to be the job role, but something great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, I think, uh, yeah. Oh, go on. No, yeah, I think um I think it's really changed the way that I see assessment centers as a whole. Um because you before you would see it as as a way to obviously do as well as you can and get the role. And that that should be the main thing. But also as well, I think it's kind of a missed opportunity if you go to an assessment center and you don't meet somebody cool or you don't meet someone that um you know you could at least connect with in some way. Because I, f- I think you really miss out on that. Mm, yeah, for sure. And even if it's, I mean, I've always seen it before. Like the people I know and me myself as well. I'm very proactive, and obviously you, Brian, you lot are the same. But li- anyone that even applies for a job in the first place, you know, at some point, <laughs> you know, they've got some sort of drive that might not come to fruition right there, might not come to fruition in a year's time. But you know that some of these people are eventually going to do bits and even going back to what we said before like being able to talk to people as like a a minimum lesson you get from doing these ACs that you get to talk to more people and learn how to communicate with like some mega rich guy that you might not ever see again or like you said a dancer or something <laughs> yeah the types of people you meet yeah it's crazy man yeah you you never know um you never know who you meet as well you never know what type of person you actually cross paths with because you know that person could be the next big thing and you they're right on your palms before they turn into that so not to say you want a piece of that but obviously you want to you know learn as much as you can from them and even help them in some senses um mm. but if, even as well like just if you're going somewhere and you and you find someone that you connect with like it, it, it's a waste opportunity to not at least try and connect with them further in my opinion you know every time i am i always speak for someone um and we really get on well um if they're not doing anything afterwards or we go our separate ways i will always try to you know give the usual hey um add your linkedin or hey i'll add you on on whatsapp or snapchat or instagram or hey um if you're in town or if you're in in london or ever um the following week or whenever you come here like you know hit me up and i'll do my best to um to meet up and whatnot just to try my best to stay in contact and stick, keep people in the loop you know mm. but I, I also understand not everybody's like that you know but personally anyway i just think there's more there's there's more you can do if you are but you know yeah yeah for sure because like, I, I was gonna say as well like i see myself as somewhat outgoing well, mm. I see some some extroverts that are like 
it's like a day job replying to like 20 messages a day like i could never <laughs> oh my god you know what i'm there, there are there are if there's some people that will be listening to this now i might not have replied to you and if you hear this i'm so sorry i'm very 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 sorry because man oh just i don't know how people do it i don't know how people do it but just replying like and stuff i still find that really hard i'm gonna openly admit that yep just replying to people and stuff i I think it's just like obviously i can have the drive to do things but to be proactive like that be on the go on job on job on job like those people are different animals man people are different animals you know for me some I like to think I reply to everyone, but it's a thing where it might take me like four days to hit you back because I want to give you a proper response instead of like, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 then, yeah. I don't know, man. Some of my boys, I was driving someone the other day to to Costco, and they must have sent like twenty messages in the ten minute spell or something to get from their place to <laughs> to oh the shop. God. I'm like, can I just drive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I handed you the ox, and all I hear is ding, ding, ding. Like, allow it. Exactly. It's like, fam, have you seen? No, that's crazy, man. Oh, man. I what, think some. Yeah. Oh, go on. Cause I'm gonna change it up after this. Yeah. What? No. What were we saying? I think it. I. I think it. It might have cut off or something. Oh no! I was gonna say like before you you mentioned how um how you're starting to hold certain resentments to some of your friends that were getting ACs and stuff, and while you weren't, I was gonna say on that topic, how do you maintain your friendships, especially when they go sour or like start to become difficult hmm that's a good question that's a good ass question um i think you naturally have to have been in a place beforehand where you could always be happy for them no matter what and that you didn't see them as like your competitors because obviously they may be competing for you'll be competing for the same roles that they are but ultimately it shouldn't change the fact that they are your friends there are people that you speak to most days, if not every day, and that you get along with. Um, so you have to always try and come from a place where even if you are doing well, even if you're not doing well, you can always say congratulations or you can always say, oh, I'm happy for you. Um, I think more importantly, you have to kind of be able to be happy um, with where you're going in your life. Um, and just trusting that, like, there is a plan and it is going to happen for you. Um, because if, for me anyway, when I was kind of going through that, I did maybe hold some resentments to my friends. Um, but, um, I didn't really have, I didn't, never really showed it because obviously, like, you know, not many people would, but I did kind of struggle to believe at times that, okay, it was going to happen for me or I didn't, I did find that I was a, I was quite unhappy with maybe where I was going and whatnot, but, um, you know, I had to kind of realize that, you know, this is, this is life. Everyone goes through this. Everyone's going to be at a stage at some point where they're not going to be happy, but it's really how you bounce back from it, how you re-strategize and how you're able to, um, think things in your mind to be able to say at the end of the day, Hey, you know, things aren't going the way I'd like it to go now, but, I'm going to have a plan B. I'm going to be able to bounce back and I can reconvene and pick myself up after and I'll be cool with whatever happens. Mm. 
Yeah. I get that. That's good. Yeah, because um, I think as well, um, it's hard when you're going through it. Um, and it's easy to think that people don't under, uh, understand what you're going through. But if you reach out, um, if you reach out, um, people tend to get a gist and they tend to sort of get it, you know. And I think it's just finding those people that get it. Um, and that are going to be encouraging for you. But also remembering that your friends want to see you win. Cause I, I don't, don't know about you, but I'm, I don't, I'm sure you wouldn't want to have, um, you know, a, a billion and one like offers, um, at the end of like when you graduate and then you have your friends still like not in the same place as you. I'm sure, you know, you want to see everyone win. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, yeah. And I think you kind of have to realize as well that they want to see you win too. And they want to see you do well. So you know, they're going to do their bit, but you also try your best, do your bit. And knowing what, at the end of the day, whatever happens, like your friends want the best for you. No one wants their friends. To, no one wants to see their friends fail. You know, no way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't want to reference middle child again, but shout out J. Cole for this one. What's the <laughs> point of sitting first class if your guys can't sit? It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> <laughs> because... It's true, man, because, you know, you have to, obviously, in this life, you can't take everyone with you, but you can lead, you can lead and, and, you know, you can get your friends to try and follow, you know, and if you're a good influence and they can see you're going places, that's the thing. Um, But yeah, like, shout out to my friends for always, always being there and always wanting to see me win, but also always telling me that they want to see me win, because... Some people just need to hear it. Mm, that's true. Some people just need to hear it. But yeah. Mm, I was very much like that. Because mm. I think it must have been first year. I was mm. just sad for a good week for no reason. I'm like, oh, no one appreciates me. I could do this. And like, all my friends are losers. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with me? I clocked at one point. <laughs> and like, oh, it. <laughs> like, it was actually mad. <laughs> Looking back now, I'm annoyed at myself for thinking that way. But it's like, I just needed to hear someone say like, oh, you're doing a good job or keep up the good work or we appreciate you or something. And yes, yeah, it's, it's mad how, you know, how mental health can just trip you up sometimes just for jokes. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there are times where I've had to actually look at myself and be like, what's going on? Even this year and just be like, the devil's a liar, man. Like he's really proper, proper trying it. Um, And I, I think uni as well has really taught me as well mental health is not a joke um and it really can like you said trip you up at any time um and it can come through the littlest things it doesn't have to always be the biggest things through university or through applications or through job roles it could just be you know small things you might not have enough um enough money to go out with your friends order that pair of shoes that you wanted or and you know just these what tends to happen is that these little things bring you back to the bigger picture and it makes you kind of look at your life as a whole and when you when that happens um and you become unha- and you realize you're unhappy with it i think that's what really starts to trigger things mm. yeah that's true yeah because it's, it's not i mean I, i'm i'm lucky enough to say that i mean i've not really had until recently like i've i've not 
really had like many, many episodes, like all the depressive episodes or like panic attacks, whatever. But it's very, very easy to see how like it can trip people up and you have to be sensitive to it and you have to be sensitive to it. Because mm-hmm. there's so many people that will look at it and they'll say, not me, never me. But you know, you look around and then you turn around the next day, it's them. <laughs> it really is them. So yeah, sure. Yeah, have to try and be sensitive to what people's going through. Doesn't mean you have to, doesn't mean you have to understand it. Doesn't mean you have to get it, but always just try and be sensitive to what people's going through because you never know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because I learned probably from school to be fair, like primary school, secondary school, even that people never really know the context of what you're going through. Mm. But then it took me a while to clock that like, it's the same thing the other way. Like I don't know what's going on behind closed doors in anyone else's life. Not even your own family. Like you don't even know. And you see your parents, your brother, sister every day, but you don't actually know what their what their demons are. So, mm. yeah, man, it's it's a big it's a big thing to be sensitive to other people's mental because yeah, it's crazy, man. Okay, <laughs> deep, man. This is getting deep. How 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 long in? A, how, I don't even know how um how long um this has been going on for, but we're we're already getting deep already. Like, damn, come on. This is yeah. this, this podcast, bro. This is how I get yeah. my back. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I thought this was a, this is this really is a survival guide. True to the name. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Uh but yeah, man. Um what you said there as well. People have demons. People really, really have demons and I think that only you only realize that when it kind of culminates into something that happens or maybe when someone's not really um right or they're not acting in a way that you usually think they would act or they might be more distant or whatever you know mm-hmm. yeah hit like you know with your friends hit them up hit them up see how they're doing and don't don't be a stranger as well you know what i mean yeah that's important i learned that last year living alone like People matter, man. You can't just live in a studio, you know, yeah. ghosts for a year. Like that doesn't that doesn't work. Yeah, no, it, it does. It does not work at all because you know that person could turn around and say, "Hey, where were you? You know, where where were you? What, what, what did you what did you do when when I was going through all of my demons? Like you always have to be around for people because you never know when they're going to need it most. Yeah, yeah. Also, what? Yeah. Um, how about what mentally? Yeah, man. Boy, um, it has been a lot. Like it, it's it's not even a thing where it's been unstable, but it's a thing where I've found myself in many different places mentally. Um, and I can say right now it's probably probably the best that it's been. Um, for a while, because I think throughout the year, I could slowly see things getting really, really peak. So like September was cool. I just moved into my place and everything. Um, and just getting uh into uni again and meeting people, or just getting into my course. Um, October, November time. Um, it was a little bit harder because I think that's when you start to see okay finances whichever whichever like okay this is what i need to do um regarding wanting to pay off for rent um 
that's how much I need for food, that's how much I need for shopping, um, and just to, you need money to obviously fuck about, do whatever you want with your friends, but, um, you know, that kind of goes out the window a little bit because you get more expected, unexpected bills. Um, and then, I guess, December time's probably the bit where things started to get a little bit crazy, um, mentally for me because, um, not many people know, but in terms of like exam anxiety, test anxiety, like I, I get really bad when it comes to that. Like it's quite big for me. So I have to try and I have to try my best to, um, like just calm myself down, um, before, um, the test and just try and revise as much as I can. Um, and I think the reason, um, things were so crazy, um, for me back then was because it wasn't just that. It was also a culmination of the financial stresses um, and um, personal stresses as well, trying my best to just uh, do as well as I can and always putting that pressure on myself. Um, You know, Uh, I think looking back on it, a lot of it really to this day still is like self-inflicted. Like these these don't just happen like in a vacuum. Um, There's always context behind why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. Um, yeah, uh, as well, coupled with the fact that it's my final year and I want to do as best as I can. Um, and I didn't really do as well as I would have liked, um, in my second year. So just trying to really always be in a position where I feel like I have to make up for, um, for something or make up for, for lost time or lost opportunity. You know, when you, when you really feel like you're lagging behind, you feel it and you feel it a thousand. Mm. And you have to be careful because if you don't really check yourself or you don't really self-assess, you kind of take that mindset everywhere you go. Like if you feel like you're behind in your studies and you're behind on life, like you're going to obviously fall behind when it comes to catching up with your friends or fall behind on your personal, um, health or your hygiene or, you know, just caring for yourself you will fall behind on those things and obviously you when you do that you start to get into a um more you know semi-depressive state and you know unfortunately the sad reality is some people can't really come back from that but i'm very thankful that i've been able to sort of go through those um those things and still be somewhat intact mentally like i'm still somewhat intact i know there's there's a lot of people that wouldn't be so you know i'm thankful yeah, we thank God, man. We thank God. Um, I just wanted to say, um, anyone listening to us now, if you've been affected, um, or, uh, you're going through what you're going through now, um, you know, you can, you can call the Good Samaritans, um, hotline. Their number is 033-00945717. That's 033-00945717. No, that's what you really memorize that number still. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 all here. It's all here. I mean, yeah, you know. Podcast, may as well. May as yeah, well plug I it in. Come yeah. on. Give, give it a little Yeah, come on, give it a little bit of that professional twang. What can you do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For me I had a similar thing this year. Well, last year even. But I always had this belief up until like mid last year that oh I don't need therapy, like, I can deal with my own problems. You know, anything that, anything that God gives me, he does it because I can get through it myself, blah, blah, blah. And then someone told me, like, if you're, if you're feeling sick, like you have a cough or your, your arm's broken, you go to a physical doctor. 
But if you're, you know, if your head's broken, you're not going to do anything about it. <laughs> and that hit me. I was like, damn, like, I'm really going through a lot. And I'm just like, nah, it's cool, you know, I'll just take paracetamol and call it a day. But, nah, I, I kind of wish I, I called it the Good Samaritans looking back after you mentioned it now. But, yeah, definitely being more proactive with, with mental health is so important because I hear what you're saying when it's like, some people can go through a lot and just come out a lot worse and it's very much up to you like whether you you know whether you sort it out then or you let it you let it build up because like a lot of my stresses were things that if I just dealt with at the time it would never have been that deep but then when you compile that with other things they keep compiling 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 eventually it's like oh my days there's too much going on I just I can't cope anymore Mm -hmm. and yeah man it's, it's super important to to seek help when you need it very 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 important you know don't be a stranger um and really when you're going through these things like it's hard because i think the number one thing that makes it hard for people to reach out is that they're scared how people will judge them um but it, it comes from having that circle of friends and knowing that there's at least one person that you can speak to that you can be open with and they're not gonna judge you they're not gonna um they're not going to tell you to to shake it off or to be a man or, or woman up or whatever. Like they're going to actually listen and be there for you at least. So I, I think we do have that responsibility to ourselves, um, and we shouldn't suffer in silence. I don't think anyone, um, I don't think anyone uh, deserves to go through that alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know, obviously our friends they can do our bit and they can do their bit and family members and whatnot they can do their bit but we have to kind of do our bit as well and just remember that you know your body your mind is your body's a temple your mind is a temple too so these things when you go through it you have to try your best to um to do what is to do what's best for you if that means be sad for a day be sad for a week for a month then you can do that but you have to try 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 and realize that as much as I'm allowing myself to be sad, um, I do need to sort this out. I do need to um, do these things and speak to someone. It, 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 you know, some people will say, you know, therapy is quite expensive, and it is. You know, the cost of therapy and CBT is insane. Um, but, you know, you scroll through your contact list, there's going to be that one person or, or, or other person that you see and, hey you can open up to them and they're not going to judge you at all they're not going to use it against you they're actually going to be there and actually going to try and support you and be um be your therapist essentially for what you're going through Mm, definitely yeah and i think it's worth noting as well that there's almost always light at the end of what you're going through like i've i've learned from a lot of my experiences that whenever things get really bad it's because it's been bad for a while but Nine times out of ten, after after clocking that, oh crap, things are bad. Things just get so good, and it may not be immediate, like you just you know win a car in a competition or something, but it could be that that grad scheme offer or you know your mum makes cake. I don't know. Like I've, I've got nothing to say. I'm kind of dumb right now, but <laughs> there's <laughs> almost always a good a good ending to to what you go through. Yeah, ab- absolutely, and. I think it's so important that you celebrate the small things, the small victories, um, 
because in this in this life, like things might not happen the way they want want it to happen, but we know there are going to be times or there's going to be little things that we have that maybe we can treat ourselves or um, we see that's going to at least be a very 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 welcome distraction for um for the ills of this life. Like you need it, you mm, really definitely. really really need it. Trust me. Hmm. Look, like I, I don't know about you, but I have a very, 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 very sweet tooth. So I, I'm proud to say this year has involved a lot of comfort eating and a lot of uh, rechecking <laughs> myself. But I fit myself back up. I'm proud to say I've been able to do that. Um, and I'm here, like speaking with you now, obviously. And you know, I'm, I, I can say I'm in, I'm in a, in a better place, um, right now than I was. Much better place. Yeah, I'd love to hear it, man. Yeah. I think whenever, when someone finds happiness, everyone wins. I've learned that. Mm. Mm. I agree 100%. It's not, for me, <laughs> I'm such a, a clown when it comes to being like angry or sad. Because <laughs> I'll go through the maddest thing. Like when my, when my granddad passed away last year, I was sad for about 25 minutes. I want to give him a FIFA and I'm like, you know what? I'm the, I'm the king. Everything's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 good to to feel like that, um, and to just bring yourself back up because you have to you have to kind of allow there to be some opportunity for you to have some sort of redemption arc or to kind of climb climb back up in a way because you can't always you can't be down forever, but you can't mm. beat yourself down forever. You have to try yourself to climb back up. Sorry, you have to try and climb back up in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got to find what makes you tick and then keep that around as long as you can. Uh, exactly, exactly. I think for a lot of people, um, they might not be able to find that, and they might find it. They might find it hard to know what makes them tick. Um, but really, as well, these things, you know, if you go through them and you you find way to sort of get past it, and you are honest and you're upfront with people, like you can always. It's always character building and being able to say you've been through something mentally and it's not been the best experience. It's been maybe a horrible experience. It's been a really traumatic experience, but being able to say that you're still here today and you're still kind of going through this life today and you're still finding things okay is, is a big, big victory. I think it's a bigger victory than people realize. Mm, no, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's hard, man. Like life can really beat you up sometimes, but when you take that W, I mean, nothing feels as good as that. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for sure, for sure, for sure. It's it's a big, it's a big W because it's like, all right, things are kind of back to normal again, or I have my mojo back, or I'm feeling feeling myself. You know, there'll be times where like one oh, in one week I'll be feeling like the lowest of the low, and then the next minute I'll be feeling like I wouldn't be popping bottles or or having <laughs> an Uber to to X or Y or whatever club and being like, alright, I'm really feeling myself. So you know, this life is very up and down. Trust me, man. Yeah. I wanted to um to also ask, um just during this whole like pandemic and everything, how are you finding just everything, the way twenty twenty has gone? Because a lot of my friends have told me 2020 is cancelled already. Like this yep. year is cancelled completely. I've heard that a lot. And 
initially I was the same. I was like, oh, this year is screwed. Like, forget it. But mm. I think I'm the type of person where I can't remember who I had a chat with. It was like 10 years ago. And me and my friend were sitting there and it's like, only worry about the things you can control. Like anything that's out of your control, be it like political, economic, or of course in this circumstance, you know, a pandemic. If you can't control it, you can't worry about it. And ever since I learned that as a kid, I've always tried to adjust to the new normal. And in mm. this circumstance, of course, the new normal is staying inside all the time. So yeah. me personally, I'm not affected by it because I feel like if it was just me, like if everyone with a last name Ebert Kelman had coronavirus and everyone else was fine, that would be a problem because I'd be like, for flip's sake, how do I get out of this? But because it's a thing where everyone's held back, like there's no real winners and losers here apart from like, wow. you know, these pharmaceutical companies, but that's a different discussion. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm not uh, really hurt by it because as long as I'm doing, as long as I'm doing my bit, I know that when this is all over, I'm going to be, you know, I'm not going. I'm not falling backwards. As long as I'm still going forward, be it half the speed it was beforehand, it's not that deep. No, I don't know. It's 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 not. And I think as well, like what you said, just into the new normal and being able to just be adaptable, always be on your toes. Um, I think it's important because. A lot of people are really under the impression that this new normal is going to last them a very long time. I don't know how long it would last you, but at some point things will change and you have to be ready for that. But it involves you kind of embracing what's, what um, is happening now. You know, for some people, um, they might not have the most stable home or the most ideal um, living situation. But it's really about trying to make the most of that or um, positioning yourself to be somewhere where you can make the most of that. You know, whether that's um, at a friend's house or whether that's by yourself or with somebody that you trust or even if it's at home, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point. I'm happy you mentioned that as well about, you know, being in a stable home because I was having a conversation with a girl the other day and she was straight up like, not everyone can just chill at home. Some people are going through like, um, she mentioned how the domestic violence number of cases has like shot up recently. Yeah, it's, it spikes up, man. Yeah, it's deep to to realize that you know, obviously we are, we're safe at home most of the time, but some people really haven't got that that um, you know it's not the same for other people, and that's a tough one. Like I don't know how to answer that. I've never had to, I've never really felt in danger, but yeah, again, it's like. This is the one time we kind of get in life where everything's on pause. Like a lot of my friends would be like, oh, I hate going to work. You know, I'd rather just stay at home, do nothing. Or uni's long. I'd rather just play FIFA. And it's like, now you actually can just not go to work and play FIFA. So why are you still yeah. complaining? <laughs> <laughs> People will never be happy. People Literally, will yeah. never be happy. It's, it's, um, it's for the longest time we've wanted the world to stop spinning. Now the world has stopped spinning, stopped tilting on its axis. Like, what are we doing? Mm, mm. You know, some people are, are rebelling, others are really finding it hard to adjust. Um, and I was speaking to my brother the other day, actually. He, uh, he works in the city and he was telling me, um, some of his colleagues are really finding it hard to adjust because you tend to find a lot of people, um, that, that pattern of work, that pattern of what they used to, um, they actually use it as a means to kind of escape from what their current situation is back home or um, 
they kind of use it to sort of distract themselves and keep themselves as busy as possible to not have to face up to um to certain realities. But now, you know, you're not working. You have to kind of face up to that reality and you have to go through it. And that is hard for a lot of people. And I can't, it really sucks because I can't personally speak for that. Um, and a lot of people as well, like get to them, to, to me anyway, home is home. Like I love it. But to a lot of people, hell, home is hell essentially. Yeah. So they kind of have to be through that. And it's like, you're in purgatory. Um, yeah. What would you, what can you say to that though? Like, I, I, it's just, it's so difficult. It's really, really hard. Yeah, honestly, like, my answer to her, cause obviously she was fine. She's not going through anything, but I was like, this is the time in any circumstance where you can deep your situation. Because mm-hmm. be it like, work stressful or like your home is crazy. At least now you kind of know for sure and you can build towards fixing that once this is all over. But mm-hmm. then, you know, you kind of go back into the question of what, you know, what if it's never over? How long is it going to be? And it's, I don't know. It, it's a tough one. But fundamentally, I think this is the time to figure things out because if you come out of this and you still don't know what you're doing or at least have a plan of action to figure it out later, then like, it's, it's tight. <laughs> yeah, it's peak out here, man. It's peak out here. Uh, I think just trying to re-strategize and trying to think things through again and, and have not, doesn't necessarily have to be a plan B, but just being able to try and be adaptable. Um, and just make the most of your situation because I mean, God forbid, and I'd hope it didn't happen, but if my grad role got taken away tomorrow, like I'd have to find something to do. I'd have to find a way to kind of readjust to life, um, after university, um, and just find a way to make my situation okay for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for, for a lot of people, it, it, it's really, it really forces you to sit down and just plan out your life. Um, and we're not the, when it comes to planning out like our life and stuff, like we're the, we, we love doing it, but we love doing it when, you know, our life is in, in action and full flow. But when, you know, the ball stops rolling, um, and, you know, we have to be behind the ball and just kind of figure out where and plan the trajectory of where it's going to go next, you know, all of a sudden it gets difficult. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I find it hard to, I find it hard to give advice on this because my mindset's always positive. And mm-hmm. it's like, for as, no matter what happens in life, as long as I don't like die tomorrow, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always going to find a solution. Well, at least I hope so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I'm, um, I'm very similar to that. Um, but I also know a lot of people that, they find it hard to really be positive at all um, and find positivity in anything. Um, and it's, it's hard because you want to, you want to help them. Um, and you want to speak from your own experience, but at the same time, you do not want to come across as insensitive or you don't want to come across as, you know, seeming to invalidate what they're going through. Mm. So it's just, it's, it's super difficult. Um, super super difficult and I, I guess it's just like you know you, you almost kind of have to leave people to their own devices in a way because in this life you know they will figure things out like we all have to figure things out on our on our ones on our jays eventually um mm-hmm. yeah we'll have to yeah that's crazy yeah, i think 
I'm I'm probably more scared about what happens afterwards because things like you know recession we mentioned like <laughs> like people I've heard people talking about how you can like refer or defer your credit card loans and your like mortgage and stuff like that like these debts aren't disappearing but no unemployment is still climbing <laughs> <laughs> people that are sad they're not just gonna you know oh lockdown's over I'm happy now like these things aren't gonna go away it's like things are paused but they are going to restart in every sense. And I think I'm more scared about what happens afterwards. Like, who's gonna? How are we gonna find jobs? How are people that realize their homes are bad? How are they gonna deal with those problems? Or people that lost their grad schemes? How are they gonna, you know, find new jobs? And that, these things are the probably the most scary to me, as opposed to the lockdown itself. Oh, I agree. I agree because it's the aftermath of that, and like you have to kind of face up to that reality. Because right now this is your new normal, but then afterwards when everything else starts, you have to find another new normal, and you have to mm-hmm. just always be readjusting you know why can't things be um why can't things be constant be stable um and it's really it's really difficult um because right now think this is probably the most uncertain things have been you know ever if i can go out on a limb and say that in my lifetime anyway most uncertain um, things have been um for people uh, people around me in particular, not me, I'm not speaking about myself, um, mm. because I think I've seen firsthand that some people, like, they lose their roles and then they have to kind of take out, they have to take out time to figure out what they're doing next. Other people will kind of be very proactive and say, hey, I've lost my role. You know what? Let me go and apply for this master's. Let me enroll in this course and whatnot. But even then, it's just like, if this role is not certain, is this next path that I'm going to take certain um you know what am I going to do when this is all over um and a, a lot of people is hitting them hard man like, I think it's hit everybody hard in some way shape or form but some some harder than others and I think when it comes to the virus and everything I don't really think about when it comes to social distancing why it's so bigger that I don't really think about why um why why I need to do it, you know, um regarding health and safety issues and whatnot, but mm. just trying to think about what people will be going through mentally, um and just trying to be sensitive to that because I don't know if you know, if if you lose your job or whatnot, because this whole thing, you know, it's gonna piss you off if you're if you're outside of your window, you know, boarded up in your home. Um where rent is is an issue and you'll see um, you know, people gallivanting in the street and walking around, um you know, in crop tops or whatever, and when the sun's out, acting as if, you know, this is a whole holiday, you know, acting as if, as if it's spring break. Mm. Yeah. It's, you have to be sensitive to these things because you don't know what, um, what people are going through. And I'm just, I guess I'm just trying to always think of other people in a way that makes sense. Yeah. No, I get you. Yeah. I think I'd flip that around though, just to play devil's advocate and mm. say like some people, like I know one of my friends, her her dad passed away because of COVID, and they would always go like somewhere. They'd always go out and like Regent Street or something, or just to chill. And oh, yeah. I was very much like, I mean, she didn't go, but I was very much like, if if it were me, I would just go. I mean, it's a small fine, and like I'm going through something. You kind of want to, you know, you want to grieve in your own way, right? Yeah. And I guess it's it's tight because I hear what you're saying, and I agree with you completely that you know you got to be aware that some people are. You know, losing their houses and stuff like that. But then, I, I wonder what, because obviously some people are just going out to enjoy the sun, but I wonder what's really going on behind 
you know, behind uh, the short shorts and sunscreen. <laughs> mm. Mm, it's true. I mean, like we said, um, you don't really know what people are going through on the other side. So it's just like maybe that, maybe them going out in this, in this, um, in this time is going to be their therapy. Mm. Um, but I guess maybe as well, the same way that I would, if I had lost my job and whatnot, the same way that I, I would expect those people outside to be sensitive to what I'm going through. Maybe I have to look at myself and be sensitive to what they're going through and think, okay, the grass is not always greener. I don't think they generally go about with a care in a, like without a care in the world and feel like, okay, everything is fine. You know what I mean? Like I can't really speak for any other cities, but it's London. Like everyone is always, always has a million and one things on their mind. I don't think anyone's going to be walking out into the street, at least from what I've seen anyway, or if it was me, I don't think I'd be walking out into the street having like not caring world and feeling like I can just go anywhere. I feel as free as a daisy. Like there's always going to be things on my mind and things that I need to cross check when I get back from my journey. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Cause like, I remember when my mum had cancer, what, six years ago, seven years ago now. And she met a girl in hospital who also had cancer, of course. And, um, I was talking to her, that mum's friend and she was, she started smoking when they both got out. And oh, I was wow. like, you've just gone through like the worst thing imaginable. Why are you just, why are you smoking? I think it's so much worse. And then she goes, you know, I've been good my whole life. I've never done anything wrong. I've never stepped out of line. And then I reach 40 or 30, whatever. And I, I get given cancer. And I'm like, well, how? right. <laughs> Cause, <laughs> is that, like, how can I respond to that? If you're in a situation, if, you, yeah, if you're in a position where you've been, you know, so-called quote unquote perfect your whole life and then, the dice is rolled and you just get bad luck. I can completely understand how, you know, how you'd want to smoke there. I, I wouldn't personally, and I think yeah. she's dumb. And I'm not bad <laughs> saying it because she she actually passed two years ago. Oh, and in, I, in my head, it's like, I mean, why did you smoke? But then, I don't know. It's it's very crazy, and yeah, man, I I, I can't. I struggle to judge people now because I'm just scared that you never know what's going on. Wow. I I don't think I think it's something that I've learned as well. I think I used to hear it a lot where you say you can never judge a book by its cover, but you really can't because you really do not know what they're going through, what hand they've been dealt in life. Because if life were simple, like you could boss people around, you could tell them not to do shit, and they would actually listen to you. But you know, people go through stuff, and you never really know how you know, they're going to respond to it because if everybody knew the hand that they were going to be dealt in life, like we'd all be able to be proactive and we'd all be able to say, all right, this is going to happen to me in five years time or I'm going to die in 10 years time. So I start planning for my future and start doing this, doing that. Da, 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 da. But we're, I think in life, like you're always on your toes. So I think when things like that happen and they hit you as hard as it does, you kind of lose that sort of restraint in a way. Not restraint as in like go crazy, but that restraint where you always need to be stringent with things and you always need to kind of, you know, be good or at least be ahead of the curve because I think when these things happen at the end of the day, you realize it's your life. So you really have to choose how you live it and you realize more and more when you go through these things, people's opinions start to matter a lot less as you get older. I think I've noticed it. Mm, mm. Yeah. Not for sure. Yeah, because it, whether it's through maybe time or whether you're trying to kind of make up for lost opportunities or trying to do something over, um, you know, people will live their life and you have to accept that. I don't, 
personally as well i i mean if i was in that situation i you know god rest us all um and i'm sure she's in a better place now and thoughts to her family but i wouldn't want that um i wouldn't want to to be doing that if i was in that situation anyway but then as well like you know you know what i mean like she was in her 40s where like 20 somethings you know there's still yeah, a lot yeah. of life that we have to experience there's still a lot of things we have to go through you Absolutely, know? Man. um but that doesn't mean our experiences are invalid especially as undergraduates like you know this is the undergraduate survival podcast survival guide <laughs> um so we've we found a way to kind of get through it all and we're here now telling our side of things, but there's still a lot more to, to this as we'll see yeah. like, in the next 10 years or so. For sure, man. Yeah. <sighs> All right. I clocked, um, this is obviously meant to be surviving out here, but I've mentioned two deaths in the last like five minutes. Damn. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? If, 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 uh, if we were present, you know, you'd have to drink every time you mentioned a death or every time something got deep. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's called, that's got to be a rule. If I'm back on here, which I hope to be on, if I'm back on here because the podcast is is great, like we're we're gonna do that in person, and you're gonna have to drink every time you mention death. Nightmare still. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I will decide the choice of drink. Okay, I will decide. Fair enough. I'll just say respawn instead of death. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh wow. Respawn. <laughs> you sure we don't, if, if you say it, you sure you're not gonna end up in like the gulag or something beforehand? <laughs> and then you get the choice. <laughs> oh boy. Was a reference by the way, if anyone's listening. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh wow. It's actually funny you say that because, um, my, I said my granddad passed. We, I was looking for his old stuff years ago, to be fair, while he was still around. Mm. And I found these like three bullets in his bag. I'm like, what the hell? I don't wow. think I ever told him that I found his bullets, but. Oh, wow. I'm guessing he survived the gulag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did. I think he did. <laughs> three of those bullets. I'm sure he would have. I'm sure he would have. <laughs> oh, wow. What, what were they? Were, were they silver? Were they shotgun shells? Were they? What, what do you, were you able to trace where, uh, where they would have come out from? I wish. I was like 12 at the time. Well, see. And this is before <laughs> mum would let me play 18 games, so I don't know. They, they weren't, they weren't big, so I'm guessing they weren't like a sniper or a machine gun. It's probably like a uh, pistol. Uh, probably. Probably a pistol. Yeah, it's just funny. Yeah. It, it reminds me of a time I was in, um, I was in Canada actually, and I think I was coming back on my way. I think I saw like, I think I saw, I think there were like shotgun shells and like, I actually had some gunpowder in it. And me at the time, like being 16 years old, like obviously you shouldn't really have that shit on you and shouldn't really carry it. But I was like, well, okay, seen this, never seen this <laughs> in my life. I'm just going to carry it with me. I somehow managed to put it in my, um, in my suitcase. And you know, obviously the, the, the rule is quite strict when it comes to like, um, gunpowder or shotgun shells or any type of, weaponry or that like you, you you shouldn't have on you you can't take it with you when you travel period but yeah. i just managed to get it through and i just was looking at it and examining it here and my mom actually came to me one day and said is that what i think it is 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 that gunpowder and i was like no of course not <laughs> 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 but yeah oh man it's it's weird because I've, I've i mean I've, I've never really had that um 
I've never really lived in America or Canada or the country where like, uh, you know, arms are sort of normalized like that, where people own handguns for, for like, for livings and stuff. Mm. So it, even when I see one, I, it still feels very alien to me. Like I'll walk past maybe a police officer that's maybe standing like Buckingham, standing near Buckingham Palace or if, um, the UK is in high alert or something and you see police officers with, um, with, um, with maybe like, <laughs> Assault rifles, or you see people in the army carrying submachine guns. It's just like, well, 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 well. Like, what's happening here? Um, it's just weird because it, for me, anyway, if if I lived in like America or something, it wouldn't give me like a weird feeling. But whenever I see it, I just always feel a little bit on edge because just like, you know, what that thing can do to somebody. Yeah, no, I get that. I was like that growing up, but then I don't, I don't know what happened to me. I'm suddenly just super fascinated by everything. I'm like, oh, that's a cool gun. Like, can I hold it? And obviously, they, I'm black, so the answer is no. But <laughs> can I, I hold like, it? Oh, <laughs> Wait, I dare I've always said I want to know what it feels like to be shot. Mm. Like these these things are just fascinating to me because obviously you're never gonna know what it's like. I'm like, shoot me in the arm, like just once, officer, please, like. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> give it to me. He's like, I, I, trust me. I, I, I've already, I'm already done. This is basically me saying, yeah, I'm done. Put the bullet through my head. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've always wondered what it's like as well, to be fair. Like, I think someone said to me once, maybe this is not true, but someone said to me that it feels what gets you is the, the stun of like the bullet traveling at such a large speed first and on impact, it sends you to the floor. Mm. It's like the, you feel the force of it first, and then you realize you're when you realize you're impaled, then you start to feel the pain. So it's like one su- quick sensation and one like bang bang. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people when they re- a lot of people when they've been shot, they don't realize that they've been shot in like the with, until like the first five seconds have passed, and then you realize, oh wait, I have a bullet in you. Then all of a sudden, bullet in my skin, pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <clears throat> it's mad. I, I mean, I, I can't really relate for a real gun, but I've gone paintballing a few times. Mm. <laughs> and once that adrenaline kicks in, it's like, do, do your worst. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff hurts. Oh my goodness. I was, uh, unlucky enough to actually, it did happen one time. I don't forgive one of my friends for this. Like, he actually distracted me to the point where, like, I was like, yo, what are you doing? I can't remember what happened, but I think we were there. We were, we were on other teams. Um, and I think he actually, I was such an idiot as well. He actually said, yo, your shoelace has been tripped up. Um, cause obviously like these are just brand new shoes that I'd gotten. I was like, wait, my shoelaces. And then all of a sudden I just see one bright blue pellet gun right from my forehead. Bang. Oh. <laughs> Next thing I know, I have like a big sore on my head for a week. Damn. Yeah. For a week. Yeah, paintballing's crazy. <laughs> yeah, when you have friends like that, uh, <laughs> I, I can imagine that's a wild one. Some of my friends yeah. as well, they're, they're just jokesters as well. So it's like, uh, would I really trust them with my life? I don't know if I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hear that, man. How have you managed, like, 
because you're probably the only guy that I know that's been through this as well. But how have you managed with long distance relationship? Hmm. I knew this one was coming. Um. Yeah. Long distance relationships. They are something. Um. It didn't start. Don't get, don't get in trouble. No. 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 <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble. Um. Yeah, I think the idea of long-distance relationships obviously is kind of rubbish, but you kind of make you kind of make time for it to not be long-distance in a way. So maybe there are times where you kind of go and visit that person, or you kind of go see that person, um, and just try to make sure not everything is behind a screen, or like obviously <coughs> through iMessage or if you're texting or whatever. Sometimes seeing that person, it makes it still real in your head that, okay, yeah, this is a relationship. This is something I'm happy in. This is something that I'm really trying to, um, you know, be a part of because I have a strong, I have strong feelings for this person. So, so, and they come to life when you see that person. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but yeah, what, what's your, with, with long distance relationships, like what, or relationships in general, what's your experiences of, um, have been. I think I want to put you on the spot a little bit because you asked me, so I may have to may have to put you on the spot a little bit. What's your experiences been? Um, you know, with relationships with uni. Um, yeah, nightmare though. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's been calm. Like mm. I'm, I'm not really. Hmm. I, I don't know how to word it, but I'm very good on my own, mm. and I'm the type of person where I need my space. I need to be able to you know, to grind out this podcast for a couple of days or to revise for like, I'm very comfortable just being not talking to anyone for a week and doing my own thing. So mm. when it comes to long distance, I'll start with that. I didn't really suffer at all because I appreciate the space. Mm-hmm. And in the back of my mind, I know that, look, I'm here to get a degree. We're going to come out. I just ran away a hundred miles. This is all for something. And then, Assuming it all works out, we both do well, both still together, like we're gonna be so much better off afterwards. So having yeah. that belief and at the same time having my own space to bang stuff out, that that was calm for me. I didn't like I wasn't phased at all. I was probably better off than most people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's dope, man. That's dope. And uh I I semi as I, I, I was like that before. I mean I still am, but I think being in a relationship now you kind of one thing I will definitely say, there's a lot of compromise that goes into it. So mm. you can't re- you cannot have things your, your own way all the time. Definitely not. You really do have to compromise and you really do have to, you really do have to, um, give things up, um, when you're with the other person. And hopefully that person is going to give things up for you as well. Um, and in the context of it being a university relationship, you kind of both have to have those priorities. Your priorities have got to be the same. So I couldn't be with someone in university if, you know, I wanted to do my best to get my degree and all, all they wanted to do was maybe turn up or they weren't really sure about uni or they, or they just kind of didn't seem like they wanted to go anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, I think just having that journey, sometimes university can bring people apart, but sometimes it can bring people closer because is that thing where you go through it? But you also know that other person's going through it to, for it too. So you kind of realize, you know, for sure you're not alone. 
That's true. And, yeah. And that, that makes, in my opinion, that makes the, that makes things a lot more bearable. Um, and that makes the relationship, you know, just, just have, just realizing that the person is going through what you're going through and they are there. It doesn't feel like you're com- on completely two different planets. So I, I don't know if, um, if, if you've noticed this, but every, every, um, relationship that I see, well, from some of my friends anyway, like that maybe hasn't worked out or whatnot. Um, most of them, they tend to be in very different spaces in life. Um, and sometimes one person will have to commit to something else more than they commit to other people, more, they, more than they can commit to another person. Um, so they just have to pick that thing and there's no space for other person in their life. And mostly because as well, that, that journey that they're going through, you, they're not going through it with someone else. That person's not already on that journey and they can't just take someone with them as well. You know, in this life, you definitely can't be a passenger. Mm, mm, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say I've seen the same. <clears throat> I think a lot of my friends who, who were in relationships that didn't work out, I think, I guess it's because I was younger at the time and I have not many of my friends are with girls now, but it was a thing where they were together for the sake of it or for the image or for Instagram and this mm. whole like, oh, goals, you know, all this goals thing kind of, oh, yeah. you start to act a certain way. Goals. <laughs> Trust. Yeah. Like, the amount of my friends that have been with girls, <laughs> gone to the shard and then broke up afterwards, it's like, come on, man. Like, yeah. I could have gone to the shard with you. <laughs> <laughs> I know your good side better than half of these girls. Like, why, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, it's yeah, it's funny. Know. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Is that what you're, you're taking the next? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's, no, no, no. We actually made an agreement to never go to the shard. Needed. Yeah, she she's not on it at all. She's not on it. Ever. Like I mentioned it like three times, and each time she just said no. Like, are you mad? Like, am I basic? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a weird one because like, what the shard basic? Like, what? What do you mean? But then you actually realize, okay, if this is what it's associated with, you kind of want to go somewhere that is a different scene and whatnot. But it'll be nice. It'll be nice to go. You know, I mean. Just, it would be kind of nice to just be to be be sitting there because I've I've never actually been inside it and I've lived in London my whole life so you know mm. if she's listening this is a cry for help we need to go <laughs> 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 when this whole lockdown is over but yeah literally man I'd love to stay the night in the shot that's how oh. I know I made it oh yeah yeah definitely oh my goodness like when. The actual prices of those rooms, number one, poor, so like, maybe not, but at the same time, like, when I actually can have the means to do that, it would be nice. Cause it's, it's not just the room or maybe the size of it, but probably just being in the, the certain type of like amenities you'll have, service, like, service chart, like, as in room service or whatever. Mm. Um, and it's just, I guess, maybe the status as well, you know, can't, can't lie, you know, he doesn't want the status. That's what, I mean, I'm like, I would never even stay there, but I had an experience once. I can't remember where I went. It must have been like Mercedes or BMW, one of these like luxury car showrooms. Mm. And I mean, to be fair, I was like 14, so it didn't really matter. But the guy was like, oh, do you need a toilet? Or like, he was the most disrespectful guy I've ever met. Like, cause he, he knew I wasn't going to buy a car. But in the back of my mind, it's like, how did you know? Like what, what gave it away? Wow. And I've always associated that to be like, one day when I actually can afford to do something, I'm going to pull up and like, Buckingham Palace and be like, look, 
this is my credit card. <laughs> like I'm buying it. <laughs> and I'm like, I'll return it straight away because I'm not, I'm not balling like that, like that. But yeah, <laughs> it's the sense of pride that says, look, exactly. no matter what you think, I, I can do what I want to do. Exactly, and just being able to prove a point to people as well, because I, I, people like that, like it just annoys me. Like who, you work here in the showroom. Does this mean you, you are not anywhere near the status that people that actually come into the showrooms to buy to potentially um sign up for these dealerships are in like you work here there's a difference mm. i am the customer you work here you are staff you know some i think some people as well like they, they it's weird i i don't really want to say that those people are better and whatnot but you know why are you looking down on people why mm. and for me as well like i get that a lot like I get that so 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 much. Whether some whether I'm going out to eat, um, it may be a restaurant or maybe I need to use the restroom for somewhere else, or if I'm just walking down the street on a certain road, maybe you see like it's very affluent or whatnot. You people won't say it, but it's just by their body language and the stares. You can tell it's like, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. Why are you here? What do you want? How can we help you? Da, 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 da. Like just random shit. Mm-hmm. Most people will learn one day. Trust. I think it was the day I met you and Brian in Bristol, uh, not Bristol, London actually. Mm. It was some day I went out to eat and then I sat down, he gave me the menu, he said, oh, here's the lunch menu, it's all cheaper here. And I'm like, what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh wow. I was so bad. And the thing is like, looking back, I appreciate it because I, I had no peas at the time, but like, mm. allow it. <laughs> Exactly. It's like, what, what do you mean? You know what? I think the next time someone does that, and we know, and if they do that at a time where we we know we're balling, because obviously we're gonna be balling, we should actually take the piss. And you know what? One of these days, I want to take the piss, and I want to work one of the waiters, one of the waiters, so hard. One of the guys that has actually come to see us so hard. I want to make sure they do they do not forget who I am. Ordered like completely. Almost everything off of the menu and just put them to work. Be like, go on, cool. See how it feels. For my own entertainment, obviously. <laughs> yeah. That's the dream. That is the dream. That is the dream. It's weird. Like, I think sometimes you get those experiences, like, when you go to certain places that, you know, supposed to be associated with fine dining or whatever. I think in, even in, um, the, in gauchos, I think, you know, the water's actually, you have to specifically request for tap water. Otherwise, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I, I do not know where the water's from, but the water's three pounds. So it's just like, well, okay. Didn't know I was paying three pounds for water in, in this economy, but <laughs> those are the worst. I can't remember where I was. I had the same experience. I'm like, can I get tap? Can I get water? So like, yeah, sure. Bring back this big glass bottle. It was, it was Voss as well, like a fat litre Voss bottle, like 15 pounds. I'm like, what? <laughs> 50 pounds. Oh my God. I'm just sitting in a cold London. I'm done. I'm done. Oh my gosh. Peak. And it's one of them where like they walk over with the bottle and then they open it up and pour it into the glass for you. Oh yeah. But if they just handed me the bottle, I'd be like, nah, I want to tap, like take it back. I want a refund. <laughs> opened it and poured it. I'm like, for flip's sakes <laughs> they know what they're doing you know what if the water is going to be three pounds or 15 pounds if it's an hour i have to take give me the bottle so i can control how much i take 
Because if I know myself, if I'm paying £15 for a bottle of water, you think I'm finishing it up there? No. I'm going to make it worth every single pound it was worth. <laughs> I'm going to make that water last me for a week. <laughs> Bro, I've, I've still got the bottle somewhere, you know. <laughs> oh my God. At least you'll try it. At least you'll try it. Oh wow. Some people, man. Just, I think it's worth it if the dining experience is good. And if you like the taste of the food and obviously everything looks nice and well presented, but if it's not, I think it can really leave a bad taste in, in your mouth and it can really leave, like, leave you with more um, to be desired. Definitely. Yeah. And that's the thing with these flipping, uh, these high end restaurants with little portions. Like, ah, oh, man, I can go on all day. Like, <laughs> Because that 15 um, bottle of water, that 15 bottle of water, I spent 20 pound on food as well. And mm. I want McDonald's afterwards because it was like, oh wow, two spoons fools and I'm done. Like what am I wow. paying for? No way. That's the worst. That's the worst. I actually had a similar experience um with this place. Uh What's it called? I think it's a Bodine's. One one place in London anyway. Like I think I had. I bought us, I had a, a certain amount of food and it just didn't fill me up. So I, I think I literally ended up going to Nando's straight afterwards and it was right next to, it was right across the road. And you know, it's really bad because the people I was sitting with, they actually said, Hey, should we go to Nando's afterwards? And they all agreed. And the waiters were looking at us like, um, what? As in like, how could you? Like after we, after we're serving you food and you paid to be here, like, and you're giving us some money, like, why are you going to go next? But your choice really. Old man. Yeah. You're literally paying for the accent. The accent on the E. Like, I know you get ambience, but there you get the ambience. <laughs> You're just paying for that, that little line. <laughs> <laughs> that was a rise of that Jay-Z line. Oh, it's not Cristal, it's Cristal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Just, just to be associated with it. That's, that's what I pay my money for. Okay. <laughs> this is this is all for imagery. This is not for the the dining experience. This is for imagery. This is what I mean to put my Instagram. Okay, I don't care what you give me. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> I think I think next time when this economy is a bit better, I'll probably for now. Obviously, it'll be nice to go to like one of those restaurants, like. Not the ones that like are like super 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 expensive, but one day I don't see it happening anytime soon. If you when you um what was I gonna ask? When this is all over, what restaurant are you gonna go to first? Where are you gonna go out to eat first? <laughs> McDonald's, man. I can't even lie. Oh wow, Medizia, is that you? It's not even me, but I, I'm at a point in life now where it's like I've started to appreciate finances a lot more. Ever since yeah. what 2016, since so start yeah. of uni, and well, I think early this year, if not late last year, I was like, if I was around in 2008 9, I would have killed that recession. Like I would have shorted the market, I would have put everything in stocks, and I'd be balling right now. And then, to have the exact same thing happen now, like markets crash, like I know it's going to recover. So oh. why would I not put everything I can straight into FTSE 100 or whatever? I mean that's what I've been doing. I've yeah. only got like what 200 pounds, but I'm like, you know what? If I can invest that instead of eating out, that will change. Like, that's two, that's 250 next year and yeah. so on and so on. So everything that I can, that's not, I've, I've got a mentality where it's like, if I, if let's say I want to buy, I don't know, a new pair of shoes, 
and I say, you know, what, I'm not going to buy it. Instead of me just spending that on something else, I'll be like that 60 pound that I would have spent on Air Forces, I'm going to put into savings. Hmm. So literally, I must have saved. That's why I fixed my parents' bathroom. I saved like four grand within a year and a half just by doing that, by like saving up that 99p for the, the McFlurry I didn't buy or the 60 pound for shoes. And I don't know, I'm so much more focused on that now because of what's going on that I, I just can't see myself eating out. Especially now as a single guy, like, I, I don't like going to restaurants anymore, other than, like, for birthdays. Mm. I'll take a go to Ikea for a date. That's that's my date. I'm not, I'm <laughs> yeah, not buying Yeah, come on. Come on, shout out <laughs> Ikea. Shout out Ikea. That, that is a very, very, very cute date. Um, Ikea's and Boris Bikes. Those are, those are my top two dates. Uh, Ikea's, Boris Bikes. Walking and talking. Come on. Nothing beats walking and talking. Come on. Top tier yes. dates. Very, very, very top tier. Getting on the London Underground. I would be dead and in Gouchers. <laughs> but yeah, mm. man, I'm not, I'm not spending money ever again. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's good though, like, you're, you're very proactive. I mean, you know, most people now will be waiting for something to happen in the market. Then it's like, what? Market's gonna crush. Let me put my money in defense stocks. Or in, in defense assets or whatever. Let me, let me see how much gold I can get. How much, um, how much of this bond I could get. Da, da, da. Oh, UK's, uh, in this situation. Okay, cool. US bonds. Let's see what's happening here. But, you know, I think it's good to always be proactive to like the situation rather than be reactive. You know what I mean? Like don't save just for the sake of saving or don't save because you have to save. Save because you want to and save because you know that when you do and when the time is right for you to actually dip into those savings you can pat yourself on the back for doing that mm, mm. yeah <clears throat> for sure man like i've been telling myself when my insurance runs out in september if i can't get a tesla like i'm gonna hate myself <laughs> <laughs> it's a good mindset to have though it's a very good mindset to have because i think that and just having the skills to have money management, I think is something that you have to learn because I, it's not taught in school at all. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And I think as, there's a reason as well, because it's not something that you can just teach um, to people. You, you, it's, you could, you can teach, a, you can teach, um, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, you know, um, and if you've always been someone that has been ready to spend as much as they can, as much as you can, then, you know, why would you listen to somebody that's telling you, you know, save, 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 save? Like, it's crazy. Spending is actually, spending is actually going up, um, in this economy. Like, it's not, it's not going down because people are, people have dipped into their, um, their reserves and their, and their, and their savings. You know, spending is, it's it's not really gone down as much as really actually going up. Um Mad. Yeah. And it, it all makes for very all makes for a very bleak economy because, you know, the UK is 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 losing so much right now. <clears throat> losing so so much. So I can imagine that a lot of people when this is all over are gonna be wishing that they were a lot more reactive. No sorry, a lot more proactive. Um and they didn't wait for things like this to happen. They had the foresight to be able to save and have that rainy day fund for um, days like this to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when this is all over, who knows? 
who knows how um who knows how things are gonna go. Who's to say that there's not gonna be another pandemic in like two or three years' time? Who's to say that? Yeah. I actually um listened back to the podcast that you and Brian did. I actually um looked into it the other day with Wimbledon, how they've actually got uh um pandemic insurance. I think that's crazy. I think that's so like next level. That just blew my mind. That's like next level shit. Yeah. When I read that I was like who would have thought? Because they only added it, what, last year, year before? Mm. So it's like, oh, it's mad. Someone knew something was coming, man. <laughs> somebody. Somebody knew. When was going to pay for 5G? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's funny how it just coincides with that, to be honest. <laughs> oh, boy. Good old 5G. Um... But yeah, that seems to be the topic on everybody else's lips. It really does seem to. I, I wonder, um, I wonder if, um, if anyone could actually have predicted that this was gonna, this was gonna happen, that, um, 5G was gonna come about, um, and coincide with, uh, with this. Because obviously, you know, everyone's gonna be, a lot of people aren't gonna be outside, they're going to be inside, so. Right now, like, is the, is the time where, you know, people aren't always going to be checking their phones as much, yet there'll be a lot of traffic and a lot of usage still going to internet, uh, or into, with data as it always is, but you will get people that, um, won't necessarily be on their phones and want to break from it. So I think it's just funny to me how, um, this all coincides with, with this now when people are inside, but maybe it's just me. I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I hear that. I don't know. I don't think I agree with that. Because, like, you you see on Instagram and Twitter, people are doing so many challenges, you know, uh, top four albums, you know, baby pictures, the toilet roll challenge. Like, people want to be online as much as they can. And I don't think it's to do with 5G, to be fair. Like, when you're home, it's usually using Wi-Fi. But... If anything, I want to see the numbers afterwards, but I feel like data use has gone up, like way up yeah. on this, as opposed to down. Like you'd think people would be with their families, like playing cards or whatever, but I feel like Disney Plus is making a killing. I saw Netflix shares are way up. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm ne- interested yeah. to see the numbers. Nef- Netflix shares, um, Amazon too. Amazon have seen a lot, have seen some very, very, um, insane numbers over the past couple of weeks. Nuts, man! Like, yeah, I wish I could buy into that, but that's like two k a share. <laughs> I think what what share would you if if you which share would you buy into or you try and buy into that's probably more affordable now that you you know it, it doesn't have to be Amazon it doesn't have to be Netflix but what if you could buy into a share what what would it be? Uh, I, mean, I, I bought Tesla recently. Okay, because they were down to like three hundred ninety dollars a share. Okay. And now 730, so big W for that. Big, big W. The biggest W, actually. 108% up in the last 30 days, I don't mind. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, like, I'm, to be fair, as far as investing goes, I know I said like I buy a lot of shares now, but it's more or less as what I know. Mm. Like, I naturally follow Tesla, Google, Apple just because I enjoy tech. Yeah. Because of that, I'd, I'd obviously buy like an Apple share if they went down or Google share if I could afford it. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I've got to do more research for that one. Yeah. 
no, definitely. Um, if if I could get a share in something, do you know what I would get a share in? This is going to sound crazy. No, 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 not TikTok. Not TikTok. <laughs> B and Q. B and mm. flip and Q. B and Q. Because they are going to cause a trend. What probably the first, one of the first like non-essential stores to open actually, like they're actually reopening their stores. I think it's insane because this is happening. Um, it's coinciding with the good weather that we get here, you know, yep. which is rare. Um, <clears throat> everyone's here. Like most people want to do up their gardens if they have any, or at least want to fix up their house or whatever. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I like the, there's uncertainty with it because it's like, okay, is it really going to make as much as it can? It's going to be reduced hours. Um, not many people are still going to be, it's not going to, they're still not going to have as much business as they would have on a normal day. But at the same time, during this whole, um, during this environment, you could see, uh, you could see a big up. There's a big upside for me anyway, if I was going to, uh, get shares. So it would be being cute for me, but mm-hmm. that's just me. No, I hate that still. Cause I feel like people that are home are going to be seeing all the little things that they want to fix. Like they want a new sofa. They want a new TV. They want a new, they'll fix the crack in the wall. Yeah, I can see people, you know, going straight to BNQ after this and trying to, trying to fix their houses. That's a good shout. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's something, um, it's something I'm looking at. Its share price has actually gone up, um, and it's close to 600 pounds. 600, um, sorry, it's close to 600. Interesting. I can't even find yeah. BNQ shares. Yeah. <laughs> Is it 600? Maybe I'm reading it wrong, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring Q share prices. It's gonna go up. So interesting. interesting. Yeah, Might it's under. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you may have to. You may have to. Go enough anyway. How much did you say? Um, how much did you say Tesla's? You got Tesla for again? Um, to be, I, I, so I put in the order when it was like three ninety hundred dollars uh, per share, but okay. then I didn't account for the fact that the UK stock markets different to the US one. Oh right. So I think the order actually went through at about four hundred and something. Okay. Which is still okay. like an eighty percent growth, but yeah. Okay. Mad. Yeah. That's not bad. I've got that's... a FTSE one hundred and two fifty. Mm. Little square. Yeah, I got a decent portfolio now. It's just a shame it's mostly tech. Mm. <laughs> Where did how did you um how did you start with that? It's, it's interesting to know because I've I've always wanted to to kind of get into actually that, um, you know, actually invest in myself rather than just waiting till I start in a, in a role or a job. How did you get into that? What, what, um, what software did you use? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, so a bit of context, like I, I follow finances a lot and I've realized that most people that talk about it are American where of course, like I read up eight, I think 40% of all shares are owned by individuals in America compared to like 10% here. And oh, there are crazy. so many, yeah, it's nuts, isn't it? And there are so many apps in America, like Robinhood, I don't know if you're familiar with, like Charles Schwab, uh, M1 Credit, all these apps that allow you to, to trade for free, effectively. Whereas we've got to go to like Hargreaves lands down for, you know, 0.4% or something of profits. And there's all these different, uh, boundaries, I guess, for lack of a better word. Wow. Um, so I do my research, like what's, What's the, cause Robinhood, as an example, in America, they have free trading completely. Like you can buy shares for free. 
Um, you can do fractional trades, so you don't have to pay for a whole share. And it's different. Like it just makes it so much more accessible. And I'm like, what have we got here in the UK? I spent about four weeks just looking into the cheapest possible um, commission-free app out there. Mm. When I found one called Free Trade. Okay. Um, I'll send you a link afterwards. It's quite a cool app. But... Yes, please. I am. I am putting this into a Google search as we speak. Wow. <laughs> I think. I think they give you a free share if you use like a referral code. So. Okay. So we'll, we'll get we'll get that sorted. Yeah, but come yeah, on. I mean, it's it's commission free. They don't charge you for clo- for exit. There's no exit fee. Sorry. Okay. There's no um. What's the word for it? I can't remember the term, but you get charged a fixed amount for like a, a stock manager or something to manage your your uh, portfolio. But there's oh, no right. fee for that with free trades. Completely free. Okay. That is beautiful. They're That's working beautiful. on adding um fractional trades as well. So you can okay. a pound, like buy a pound of Tesla, that'd be sick. But all right, yeah, man. For me, so, I just need to be on top of these things because I'm scared to be poor. Uh, <laughs> I, um, you know what? It's weird because I, I think everyone's scared to be poor, but not everyone is on top of those things. Like, it's important we we try to stay on top of that and just get used to it. It's always weird how like the idea of trading kind of came about with me because uh, one of my first actual. This is going to sound crazy. One of my first actual like insights into actually trading and what a market is like, it's probably through FIFA, probably through yeah. Ultimate Team. Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah, no, because you see how like you have the, the buy now prices and you have people put certain auctions. Um, but then you, you, we also realize that, you know, the market maybe will, will be flooded if there's a, a, a low, a high demand for something that isn't really, um, accessible or, you know, if, if, the demand is quite big, but you know, there's not, there's not, not much that's applied, and you know, not really people. That people aren't, aren't really gonna, people are, are gonna actually like queue up for those things, you know. Um, but even just looking at the way, um, you know, you, people trade maybe options or futures here, or if you're, or if you're going into, um, into buying stocks now, you actually see there are some similarities with that, which I think is crazy. I think about it all the time, and it just blows my mind. Mm. No, for sure, man. I mean, I've got a similar story with FIFA. Like, I I must have wanted Ronaldo so bad. Oh, I started yeah. researching like how you know how supply and demand works, how to price fix Cavani. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, it's insane. I I don't think Brian told you. You know, he traded to. This he, is a nerd. He doesn't want people to know this, but in like <laughs> in like, I think I can't remember what year this was, but I think FIFA 13. He traded his way to Cristiano Ronaldo, and yeah, Ronaldo yeah, yeah. was price fixed at about 1.6 million coins in the time so if we're going to convert that to uk dollars no sorry uk pounds <laughs> oh my god uk dollars my head is spinning if we're going to convert that to uk pounds um that's probably that's definitely over 100 pounds that's definitely over 100 pounds maybe even close to 150 just for ronaldo like which is insane yeah no that's crazy yeah. mm. Yeah, I I remember the way he did it as well. I think he like he didn't even like most people will wait for team of the season and like trade for that. But what he did is that he actually like he played, but he didn't play that much. He would actually open a lot of he'd open some packs, but he'd also like price fix one. He'd he'd buy one player and just basically try to price fix them, and mm. then he found like, his way into like silver players as well because obviously those ones are more rare, but. They have low overall ratings, but maybe they have something like different. Maybe they have different skill levels or different attributes that maybe some of the best players don't even have. Then all of a sudden you see those players, you think they'd go for like 2,000 
like coins or whatever, but actually if you look into it, they go for closer to like 20,000 or 30,000, 40,000. And then all of a sudden, you know, if you buy a certain amount of one player and you can sell them up for a certain price, then you make yourself a profit. That's how you go. Yeah, yeah, it's mad. It's, it's crazy. I, I miss, I miss, I miss FIFA though, because I've not, I've not really jumped on it in a while, but maybe, maybe after, after exams. Maybe. Yeah, hopefully, man. I just, yeah. I just Googled it. Uh, you can buy coins, obviously illegally, but you can buy coins. 1.5 mil was 175 pounds. Okay. So, okay. The exchange rate's not really changed that much then. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, FIFA's that is, horrible now, though. I'm not gonna lie. I know, I know. Yes, I don't know. I mean, I, if I'm going to play FIFA, I play for the gameplay. I know Ultimate Team is definitely horrible, though. Like Ultimate Team sucks ass. Oh my gosh, it's trash. It's it's just trash. I think they they there's so much of the game back then that we loved. Um, that I think they really took away. Um. And I think you could really see it kind of coincides with the direction that um, EA were going in, um, especially with FIFA 15 where and 16 where you could see it was clear they were trying to sort of push into like that esports market. And I think that's for me anyway. That's what's really killed FIFA because you can see if you look at the the past five years alone in the esports market, they've been killed every single time. Mm. This was this was even before Fortnite and Warzone was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is insane. I get that. I think that's that's backed up further by how they've, like, I would always say they've ruined penalties and free kicks. But I guess their argument is it increases the skill gap, it means more things to master, and of course, that like, time finishing as well. Yeah, they've definitely stepped more into the the, the esports market. Yeah, no, they they have because I think they've they've wanted to make it as close to the real thing as possible. But I think. When you try and do that, um, you kind of get rid of the things and kill the things that people really love about the game, mm. um, and the things that are supposed to bring people closer to the game. Um, and you, you, you know, when people look at it, they realize, okay, it's not what I recognize. It's not the game or the product I fell in love with. I'm gonna just go do something else, or just you know, play this other game. Why, why play FIFA when I can jump on Call of Duty, jump on Warzone? Maybe even jump on like on 2K or find whatever or find whatever games on Steam nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For me, it's more of an ethical thing. Like, why I stop playing FIFA? Because I mm. feel like EA know that there's no other football game in the market other than you know Pez, which isn't really a football game. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like they do everything in their power to to milk these kids of their money. Like it's. Ultimate team buying players is literally gambling at this point. Like PAX is the oh, biggest yeah. scam, and uh, they're, they're no surprise they've introduced these like legendary cards, these birthday cards, these SBC cards because it's like the yeah. more hype they can generate, it's exactly, the more money the that little Johnny siphoning from his mum's credit card and you know, <laughs> telling you it's true. It, it didn't used to be like this back in the day. Like that is their like you can see a lot of other um developers have actually followed suit, and I think their games are suffering because of it. Like. They may they'll do it in either the form of maybe loot boxes for certain games or even add-ons where they'll say, Hey, you can if you buy this amount then you get this amount of um you get this amount of like content for the game. Um and you know, it might be set at like an absorbent price, but you know, you just have to have it because there's a chance that when you buy the add-on or if you buy the loot box or buy the pack then you get something really good. 
but more time than not, it turns out to be really bad. Um, and then you just think, okay, my luck is up, my luck is up. And then after you spent like 200 pounds, you realize your luck is not up and you feel really shit. Mm. It's, it's a big shame that they went in that direction, in my opinion, because like, you know, back, back then, I, I can't remember what the cost of a pack is now, but I think the cost of a pack was around, was it about 600, 700 pounds for one pack? No, six, sorry, 600, 700 coins for one, <laughs> um, for one pack. I'm pretty sure it's gone up now. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. Hmm. There's a lot of, they did a lot of nonsense with that. Yeah, but also as well, like the the game didn't used to cost as much as it does now. Like I think what the original the FIFA 20 when it came out was priced at I think just over 60 pounds, which I think is insane. Yeah, no, that's that's nuts. It's literally yeah. just 19 rehashed. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is, and uh, I think that's that's really it's bad when uh, these things really. Um, the direction that a company goes in can really ruin or fuck with like the creative direction of um of how um they they manage certain things or manage certain systems. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um yeah. I don't know if EA man. But they're making a the killing. They're, I'm sure their their stock price is up, so that's what they care about. Uh, I mean you never know man. <laughs> Hopefully this year's the year they they learn the lesson. Uh I I I really hope so. I really hope so. Especially when these seasons aren't being finished. I don't want to buy half a game. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like, it's actually true. Because the season's not finished. It's just like, what, what are you going to do? Why, why are you going to buy, why are you going to buy the game if it's not going to reflect like the real thing? If you play it, you're just living in the fantasy. That would be so funny if like, <laughs> if FIFA 21 career mode, you get to January and it's like, the league cancelled because of a pandemic. <laughs> Trust them to do something like that, though. That's the thing. <laughs> Trust them to do something like that. And then the season resumes, like, 2022, 23, and then all of a sudden, players are, are being sold left, right, centre, and then you get cut from the job, you've got to find a new club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. EA. That is so funny, man. EA. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, crazy. Also, I was watching this... Um. This video that my dad showed me. I think my dad so so um so jokes like sent me this video. Um, I think it was to do with how there's a lot of theories that the coronavirus is actually being used as a bioweapon. Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't really know what to say to that. Um, just because they had been dealing with this to our knowledge for as far back as like late November. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they had warnings sent out to certain doctors or to certain government officials. Um, and then before you know it, um, it really started when, uh, the virus kind of traveled to Italy and then all of a sudden it kind of spread and ravaged throughout Western Europe. And I think that's when it really started to, yeah. um, to get through it. But, um, yeah. I don't know what to say to that really. The fact that it's, it's a bioweapon. It's just, I could see why people would think that, but I think at the same time, there's a lot you have to consider. Like, what would the motives behind, what would the motives of, of the government be behind? Like, why would they do that? Why, why would they do that? Like, what reason do they have to unleash a bioweapon on the world? Yeah, yeah. Especially one that they can't control. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't know. As far as conspiracies go, like my only when it comes to Corona, my only that all, that all, like. <laughs> yeah, my only thing is that the way the way I see it is the worse a country is affected by COVID is a symbol of how bad or good their government is. Because like mm. people say bioweapon this or like 5G that, but we knew it was a thing in China since November, December. Why is it taking up until April now for the UK government still to be like, oh yeah, you're locked down, but you can still go out one day to exercise or to shop. Like, come on. <laughs> like, okay. you, it doesn't make sense. So much data to show how bad this is. But <laughs> America's like, you know what? What state is it? Georgia's like completely open. Florida, like open beaches. Like, you can just see how like things don't really get bad in the West until a white person dies, and then within a week it's like you know what GDP. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally GDP, GD freaking P. Like uh, it's it's insane. Yeah, you know, um, it just just kind of reminds just the attitudes as well. I think is what's killing people more than anything because you can see Western attitudes to something like this were not serious at all, and they weren't as reactive as it should have been. You know, from time where you have um the likes of the of um Boris going into hospitals and shaking people's hands um and he eventually catches the virus to um you know pastors in in churches in the US holding um services and still holding services and then you know all of a sudden it's unfortunate but they end up um you know in hospital and then you know mm. laid to rest which is insane but i think attitudes to it should have been a lot more um serious yeah 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 I don't know, man. This is a whole different podcast, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a mad podcast. It's podcast. Mad. Speaking of which, are you? How are you finding like just trying to motivate yourself um, with uni and everything, like in the midst of everything that's going on? Because I don't know about you, but it's it's not something that has been easy. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. I'm the same. Mm. I've like literally just to get by. I've been doing this podcast <laughs> because. Oh, wow. That's great. Work is so hard to do right now. I mean, especially that we have a safety net. Mm. It's like, I don't even need to work really. What I've got to do is pass and I'm going to get a 2-1-2-2. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. But then what I'm trying to do now is appreciate that. Well, not really. It's not even appreciating it, but it's that because I still got a year to go or two years to go even. What I learn now is going to matter. It's not like I can scrape through now and then be fine next year. Like mm. going back to what we said before about making the most of the lockdown and stuff, if I bang out now and get a good grade, that means third year when I start in September should be so much easier compared oh, to, yeah. you know, if I slack off now, just scrape through and then have to start again. Cause especially we do math subjects. Like if you don't do one plus one every day, you just lose all of that. Like exactly. what's big maths? What, is, what are exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Um, and you have to really just try and make the most of of the situation because you could get to a point where if you if you know hopefully it won't happen but if you were to get to a point in third year and maybe it didn't go as well as you would have liked you can at least say to yourself right second year i did well so this can hold me up and back me up a little bit so mm-hmm. it's not as bad as it could have been you know um but it's been crazy like i think i've been really not putting much pressure on myself at all but I've just been trying to just find ways to get work done, even if it means I'm working at like the craziest times. Like I might like, you know, after this, I probably even might bang out like maybe one of my essays or something. It's a bit mad, but 
mad. You know, yeah, wh- whatever time, wh- any time is the best time to be honest. <laughs> Maybe it's me, but I don't think I'm the type of person where I can wake up at 7am, eat breakfast, chill, spend time with the family, call my girl, then when it gets to 9 o'clock, I'm ready, bish, bash, bosh, boom, let's get this done. I, that's, that's not me. That's not me at all. So <laughs> I kind of have to like, just work at whatever time or whenever is the best opportunity to work. Some days I do a good amount. Some days I do nothing at all. But I just kind of take each day as it comes. Mm, that's the way, man. That is the way. I, I think especially like as a student, I think my, my brothers and my sisters are always like, oh, like, how you always revising? Like, what's happening? Like, well, how come you're always revising? But I'm just thinking like, it's my final year and as well at the same time, like, I do have to try in some way, shape or form, like, even if it's, even if it's something I do every day, like, I have to do something, at least to help me get by, mm. you know, and it's not, I, th- I think as well, like, people don't really deep how hard it is to be motivated right now, like, when you're, I don't know about you, but when you're at home, and when you're eating, like, five times a day, like I am, and just ruining the fridge for everybody, like, you all you want, yes, literally, all you want to do, <laughs> All you want to do is just sit in front of the TV or sit in front of your laptop and watch on Netflix or go and house party with your friends or, or play some Warzone. Like you don't, like work is not at the forefront of your mind. It's not something you wake up, um, and say, all right, I'm going to do this every single day. I'm going to do this. This is what I set out to achieve. I'm going to do this. Bish, bash, bosh. Nah. And I think as well because the mind, the, um, environment is so different. You don't really see that everyone is really out doing their own thing. People are still doing their own thing, but just when you're inside, it's very different. Mm-hmm. Very different. And it's not like I can say, Hey, I'm just going to go to a library, um, for like two or three hours and then get the bus back home or go to the Costa um, down the road and, um, just, just do some, some work there and, and relax with like a mocha or something. Like it's different. I've, I've got to work from here. I've got to make the best of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's tough as well because I know um for a lot of people they work best in like their uni dorms. They don't really work too well when they're at home. Mm. Um so they kind of need to just find the system that works for them. Whether that means that they're in whether that means in that place they're gonna try and find a room where they can kind of um slug it out and just do as much as they can or if they have to just say look i need to do work and this isn't gonna work i'm gonna try find time when just before this pandemic eases um to maybe get back to uni maybe i'll i'll get a friend to drive me or i'll just drive down there and you know set up stop set up um shop there yeah 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 it's tight because i feel like when you're at uni you met you you have like campus is where you work and home is where you you know sleep or whatever and whereas when you're at home it's like there's no way to to create boundaries for your work-life balance it's like you're in your room and i don't know how you are with me if my bed's there like my bed's there i'm not working (laughs) (laughs) and there's no way i can bring myself to you know pull out my laptop to do anything other than netflix if i know like i've got bed and heater i was telling you you know how bad it is i um in my um my accommodation, I had uh, a table there and I actually had a seat where you could actually put work stuff there and you could actually work and write um, write notes on. Tell me why all of the work that I did if I was there was from my bed. 
Like, <laughs> just, and even then, like, that was once in a blue moon. On a good day, if I'm lucky. Like, if my bed is there, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm going to just lie down and just chill. Or I'm going to maybe play some video games or do whatever it is that people do when they're on their beds. I don't know. Trust. Yeah. Yeah, it's a wrap, man. It's a big, big wrap. But, like, you know, anyone who is listening and is finding it hard to do any work now and is just wondering and questioning the point of uni, hold tight and try your best because everybody asking you and that and making fun of you for doing work now when you graduate is going to be worth it. I'm telling you. Absolutely. It's going to be worth it. Speaking of which, it's, it's, it's a, it's a shame, man, because I'm, um, I was due to graduate, um, in the summer and my uni actually started releasing, um, they started communicating, uh, dates and it actually started, um, issuing tickets for some people. So obviously they're gonna start, um, issuing refunds for people now, but it's just a shame because it, it would have been such a really nice, um, occasion. Mm. You know, just to have, um, family there and it's like a, it's a, it's a crowning moment. You know, can't really describe it because I've been to a lot of my friends' graduation and it's nice. It's really nice. Like, it, it sounds weird because I, I almost feel like the bridesmaid that's never been married. And then when it's the bridesmaid's turn to get married, <laughs> there's a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's just like, well, that's just my luck. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, but uh, there's going to be, there's going to be, it's not just me in the situation I know. So, you know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll reconvene it, but I said, well, how, how does that make sense? It's going to be like a thousand weddings and a thousand graduations all at the same time. Like, it's, it's just what? Imagine. Imagine. I, I, I assume they'll do it. Cause you know how there's a January or most unions have a winter grad ceremony as well. I yeah. It's going to be like that, yeah. but now it's tight, man. Yeah. It's very tight. It's very tight. Because I think even my uni, they do it with the master students too. So it's just like, damn. Because um, you know how the master students will finish like September and maybe graduate October, November time. It's all going to be a big mess. I'm telling you. It's like, going to be some weekend though. Or, ah, you know, weekday, whatever. Yeah, when, whenever it's going to happen, it's, it's, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be a lot. Um, But I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to the day because I think with uni as well, like it, it's something that's needed. You need to be able to find a way to close out the chapter. Um, because I think for, for me anyway, for a lot of people, like uni is something that it can be, it can be very, it, it would have been very stressful, but also as well, you want to find a way to close out and remember like the good times. Cause you know, let's face it, there's been a lot of good times and I think graduation is so good because it's a way that from what I've seen is very fitting. Um, and you, and it, it makes it so that when you look back on uni and you have your graduation right at the end of it, you kind of get to look back on it and say, Hey, yeah, there was a silver lining here. Everything I went through was worth it. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I think if there wasn't a graduation, like you just look at uni and like, well, what the fuck? Like I literally just got my degree. And I think there's some people that are like that and it's like, okay, fair play to you. But for me, if I didn't, if I don't have like a ceremony um, of some sort or something to kind of close out the chapter in my life, it doesn't really feel symbolic in a way. Maybe just. Yeah, no, I've heard, I get that. 
I heard once, um, like, I can't remember the exact quote, but I think it's like when people take time off of work, it takes them three months to really adjust to the new normal of being off. Mm. And you always have that, you know, if it's like a weekend off of work, you're still thinking about the office or about, you know, what Janine said to you that one time. And it's like, it's hard to separate yourself from your work environment when you're away from work because you're still somewhat in there. And I hear what you mean because like in secondary school, you have prom and it's like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm a man now. <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. without graduation, you're, I guess you still have that thing where you're still thinking about what, you know, what Janine said. You need to have that graduation and throw in the cap and being like, all right, I'm done now. I'm going to go home and, you know, stop my grad or whatever. Yeah, you do. And Otherwise, Janine's going to haunt you forever. Exactly. <laughs> Janine's <laughs> a bad bitch. <laughs> yeah, but like, you, you need a, you, you need, you need that because, you know, if you don't close out and you don't close that chapter, like, it's going to haunt you. It's going to be like, well, shit, what do I do now? Mm. You know? Um, yeah, I think for, for a lot of people, they're finding this really hard to adjust. Um, and they're finding it. And it's so that it's so much so that they are really sort of questioning whether like things will ever be the same again. And the answer is simple. Like, you know, things are not going to be the same. Things definitely won't be the same, but it's just, you know, how are you going to be able to adjust to that or get yourself to situate, get to a situation where you are happy with your with with your situation and you're not kind of looking and thinking what if you know mm-hmm. yeah no that's very true man yeah just 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 hoping um hoping for better days ahead but at the same time like you have to be thankful you have to be very 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 thankful oh boy because yeah, yeah never Never did I think at the start of this year, um, there'd be a whole pandemic and everything that's happened and everything that's transpired. Never did I think it would happen. No way. Like, you couldn't have called it. it even then, it just takes me back to Wimbledon. Like, they're just geniuses. Like, I, how? How did you, how did you, they must have had some inside knowledge. How did you predict this? <laughs> I don't know. Or they would have been around from like, um, from back in the day when they had, um, where they actually had a uh, similar type of virus to coronavirus in the 50s. I, I don't even know. Mm. It's insane. Uh, very crazy, man. Yeah. Very crazy. But that's, that's, um, that's foresight. And I think that's foresight that a lot of businesses will be looking to have now, especially a lot of small businesses, because I think you find that with what's going on now, um, you know, universal credit numbers are I, I think they're well, they're projected to go in excess of like well over, you know, 10 million very soon. Well, I think they've even passed that now. Um, a lot of small businesses ha- have been hit very hard because of the lack of protection, um, that the government have been able to offer them, um, where a lot of, a lot of their workers, like they have no choice but to, to, um, to furlough staff because, you know, you can't, if you're a small business, you can't be, spe- you can't be, um, yeah. You can't be paying stuff. Um, yeah, no, I was just saying, um, I think a lot of small businesses are going to look to try and have that. Um, and they're always going to try and be on their toes, um, from now because, you know, um, universal credit, you know, um, applications have gone up recently and like a lot of small businesses have no choice but to like furlough a lot of staff members and they're going to be losing a lot of money as it is. So mm. 
and we, with this current government, you can't exactly trust that there's going to be a stable plan in place um, to get a lot of businesses back to where they, they were. Like, they're going to be hit hard. It's going to be very similar to what happened um, back in 08, 09. It's going to be very similar. Yeah, man. I think I was reading, like, 26, 27 million people in America just filed for unemployment. Like, oh. it's very mad out here. It's very, very mad. And I think, especially one of a, um, one of industry that you, you can really see that it's gonna probably affect a lot and it's gonna really change the game for is insurance. Cause I think a lot of people didn't really realize how much this type of health, health crisis, um, can really, um, can really affect a lot of, a lot of industries and a lot claims, um, obviously spiked and a lot of, um, these companies. A lot of insurance companies are going to um, be paying out in tenfolds. You know, it's, it's, it's very crazy, similar to um, what would happen in a recession. But I think as well now you're going to have a lot more companies going to try and cover themselves um, because of what's happened. And they're probably going to be on the lookout for like new type of risks or new type of um, new types of of um, of, uh, of factors that could potentially, you know, cause them to 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 lose um to lose revenue mm. yeah it, it's insane to me because um it reminds it reminds me back in um 2001 where I, um the united states actually um a lot of insurance firms actually took out uh or came up with policies that involved terrorism so uh so a company or maybe a firm would be covered um, in the event of a terrorist incident um, which where um, maybe employees would have been put at danger, or if um, if the company would have had to cease trading um, for a little while as a result of the tragedy, um, I think is insane because you can see now that people are just finding more and more ways to keep themselves insured and kind of be insured unexpected, but they're always going to be kind of on the loop because who knows what like the next big thing could be. You know, 2001, it was terrorism. Um, now it's a pandemic. Who knows what it could be in 2021, 2022? I think that's why we always have to be on the loop. Um, uh, so always be in the loop and always be on the lookout for these things because you never know what could hit next. Never know. I mean, one missile that North Korea could send, uh, one, one missile that North Korea could launch could hit the wrong place and all of a sudden we have World War Three. So. Things can happen. And I think especially um as students, um we should always we should try and take upon ourselves to actually be on the lookout for um these things, but also like researching and doing the things that you, you know yourself and maybe some of my others um friends are doing, like trying to be up to date with some of these trends because you never know what uh, where it could hit you next. But if you have that foresight and you're able to have that mindset um, and thinking of the way that you know people with their rainy day, with their rainy day funds will be thinking. You know, when these things happen, you're gonna be um, you'll be laughing essentially because you prepared for these eventualities and you were proactive. You know, you didn't react to the situation, but you were reactive and you tried your best to stay ahead of the curve. Yeah, yeah. I guess the main message is just to be proactive and be prepared. Because you never know what you've got to be ready for. Exactly. Exactly. You, you, 
doesn't matter how young you are, you have to be ready for anything, man. Just be ready for anything. Trust me, man. Yeah. All right. I'm worried my Wi-Fi is going to be turned off again. So <laughs> to wrap up briefly, like to bring it back to university and stuff like that, I got a message about half an hour ago, to be fair, during the podcast. Someone asked me on Instagram. They said they've seen the podcast, blah, blah, blah. And the question was, what what should they know that they don't already? And I guess the way I interpreted that is what's one thing that you didn't know going into uni that you wish you did know? Boy. I wish that I knew that I had a choice. Mm. And this isn't for me to say that I regret university, because I don't. Yeah. Um, but I wish I knew that I had a choice and that it would be okay for me to not to to do other things. Um because when you're kind of going through it, it's you also have the, you have the pressure of your parents, obviously. Um, but it's also kind of the common thing to do. Maybe it's something that you'll see maybe your friends doing. Um, and you'll see that it's the natural progression. It's just the way things are. Um, and I think sometimes when you're finding it hard, it's, there's not really any motive, like most of it, in fact, to there. Um, especially from early on. But I think the moment that you realize, okay, you could be doing something else, but you've made that choice to actually be enrolled into your course, um, at university and you've decided that, you know, above everything else, this isn't, this is the choice that you made and you made out of like, you know, not under the influence of anyone else. You realize that, okay, this is something I chose to do. So I'm going to be able to give, give what I can give to it. But I'm also gonna be able to do things my way, mm-hmm. and not feel like you are doing it um, for anyone else, because I think sometimes that can be to our detriment. As much as we wanna um, be helpful to um, our family and everything, um, if you really feel like you're doing this to to help out and to be you know, good in your mum and your dad's books, then, and, and you're doing it because you feel like you don't have any other way to do it, then I think it becomes really hard to motivate yourself afterwards. Um, especially when you're going through the harder times. So yeah, if, if I'm going to sum that up, um, just remember you have a choice and remember that you are doing university because it's something that in your hearts of hearts you wanted to do. And that should motivate you to try your best to push through because you want to try and complete something that you have chosen to take on. You know, like I, I see this university journey and this course almost like my baby in a way where it's like I've gone through it, but like I've really kind of picked myself up, but also I've been able to try my most things I've been able to sort of control in a way because it's something that I I wanted to do not anyone else mm, mm, yeah yeah no I completely get that man yeah I do think once you 
Like no one you have a choice and knowing that you're here because you want to be here or because you have to do a certain thing. That's so freeing, man. Mm. Like I, I'm worried that if I, whenever I start working, I don't want to have to work like to pay bills because if if you have to do something and you haven't really got a choice, it's so much more stressful compared to like I can work if I want to or like you know. Just the that feeling is important, man. It's the worst feeling. It's the worst feeling. Like having the freedom of choice. And you're doing it because you want to do it. Like, it's great. Um, because you know that if you eventually get to something and you feel like you are tired of it, like, you can actually go on to something else without having that weight or that burden on your shoulders. It's like, okay, if I leave this thing and, you know, this isn't gonna, um, this, I'm not gonna be doing what I was supposed to be doing or this isn't part of the plan. Um, but you know, you have to realize you have that freedom of choice. And I think it's so freeing when, like you said, you realise you have that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Top answer, man. Thank you. Thank you. It was a, it was, it was a bit of a curveball. I was just thinking, I was like, what, what, what would I have learned? Or what would, what would I have told myself when I was 18, when I was, um, going through university? But yeah. That's what it is. Good question. Very good question. Love that, man. I might have to change the name to the Curveball Podcast. <laughs> Trust me, curveballs only. No straightforward questions. No straightforward answers. Come on. That's the game. Next time I'll be like, so have you ever cheated on your girlfriend before? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Devil wants, Imagine just playing and there's just minute one. Just like, boom. Straight away. It's like, well, okay. Yeah. But yeah. It's, right, been, but yeah. it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. You know, it's really been a great heavens, man. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited for part two. Oh yeah, cool. Let's do it. Part two. Best believe I'm bringing the beverages. So <laughs> talk about that. You 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 know you know what you have to do. Love it, man. I'm gonna try and retrain my brain to autocorrect death to to respawn. Yeah, respawn. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, uh, it's been a pleasure, man. Cool. Man, great, I don't man. I don't want to keep you too long. So you you go go and munch, man. That's the plan. That's the plan.